Moin. Too Freddy. <laughs> Barred penises. Yeah. Gross. No. No, 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 no. What's that that cat that you said that video was like do 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 Oh yeah. Yep. Um but yeah. Uh are we are we do we start? Are we good? Oh, we are going. Oh, damn it. Every time <laughs> we start this friggin' podcast, one of us will inevitably be like, oh, what? What's happening? What? Who? What's going on? You told me to start recording. So I, I know I record. did. I know I did. Okay. Put your backup on. I'm doing it now. <laughs> Chill, brah. Discard project. Um, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, okay. I guess I'll just I'll throw us right in there. Welcome to robot dance everybody we're on episode 62 that's right we've made it so far and struggled for so long knock off your bingo cards kids christy just sang um but hi everybody uh thanks for tuning in again for another fun week of dance robot dance it's been about four or five days since we've all talked so not a whole week but um so it's a tuesday for us now it'll be a sunday for you when this comes out uh, but um, might, be, might be Saturday, depending Saturday. on how quick I edit. <laughs> yeah, but um, depending on uh, Mark being the wonderful editor that he is, uh, and if he has the time, because he's a very busy man. Um, <laughs> pause for one sec. I'm just gonna close the French door so you don't hear Mark making food. <laughs> clink, 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 clink. Oh, you just say, yep, I know. <laughs> Gave the Star Wars response. Yeah, give, her, give her the old Han Solo. Yeah. I feel like that's a euphemism. <laughs> gave, her the, gave her the old Han Solo. Damn right. That's that's when Star Wars fans masturbate. That's, uh, yeah, I was just going for that. I was like, I, was gonna, <laughs> I gave myself the old Han Solo last night. Yeah. <laughs> you did what? You'll, you'll hear on the episode. You'll have to uh, listen to the episode. Hey, I've been listening. I've been listening. I listened to two episodes today because I'm a little bit behind. I listened to our con episode and our Game of Thrones episode today while I was working. Um, I uh, listened to our last episode because I actually, I visited my Nana on um, and my granddad. <laughs> yeah. Did you tell them again. about the podcast? Did you really? <laughs> I did. I did. Nodding and I told them not to listen. Like I podcast. told them they were not allowed to hear it. Does that mean you can share it now? <laughs> yes, potentially. Yes. <laughs> but I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait a few episodes because we're too close to how graphic we got into tentacle porn last week. <laughs> I gotta wait. I gotta wait a few more. Wait weeks. for the, the air to clear around that one. Yeah, I'm hoping that people don't backtrack and backlog. It's like. I've mentioned that like four or five times on the episodes, and I just don't, I don't know if I actually, well, it's probably more than that. But I feel like it was like a weekly occurrence for like, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. really, episodes. I don't really want the, the reason world. you got into the tentacle well, porn thing. It was, it was very oh, much uh, hand in hand with the, uh, um, the Archer reference. Yes, that's true. Yes. When there was yeah. an active epi- uh, season of Archer on, I tend to get into the, uh, yeah, exactly. Archer jokes, and that's a big one these days. So, Christy, who else is on the episode today? Oh, I'm getting 
getting to it, okay? Why don't you just lay off, bro? Okay, you know what? For this, you're not even getting introduced. We have oh. Mark on the episode today. Hi, guys. A nameless other white dude. Hi, kids. You want to play? Uh, gross. So, um, listeners, we will be this week on our 62nd episode uh, talking about, and I think we mentioned this in the last episode, we're going to be talking about it for the meat of the episode. Um, wait, but, wait, what? Uh, when we talk, what are we talking about? It. What it? What? What? It, what? What's it? Oh, God, the fucking worst. <laughs> <laughs> Do a little Laurel, Laurel and Hardy here. This is gonna here. be a shit podcast. This is gonna be a terrible <laughs> episode. This it's is gonna, gonna be like s- garbage fifty-year-old bits from like <laughs> shitty old 50, English like yeah, Seventy, eighty-year-old. Hey, well, fifty-year-old like bits are still good. Okay, just because they've gotten a bit older in some parts, Easy, are sagging. Tiger. Mean, oh, I, s- I still love. Not- I still love who's on first. Like that is a fucking epic bit. Just no, the, I, was the talking, I thought he was the timing. I still love seventy year olds. Yeah, that's, that's what right. I was talking about. I was joking about like fifty year old women. So no, that's <laughs> what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I'm back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, we'll be talking about it, the movie, and the miniseries. We neither, none of us, neither of us, none of us have actually read the book. So Poor shit, you're a liar. Mark has read the book. Um, <laughs> so we'll Why must you turn this podcast into a podcast of lies? <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm a woman. It's what I do. Just kidding. Aww. Just kidding. Hashtag feminism. Hashtag. Uh... I hope your grandma listens to this episode. <laughs> Nana, don't listen. Who do you think taught her to lie? <laughs> Brianna. Brianna. No, Brianna. Was that was that song? I love the way you lie. Is that the one with her and Eminem? Yeah, Mark. Mark and I are definitely the one you should ask about Rihanna songs. Yeah, Yeah. actually, do you? But do you remember that song where Eminem was like, "I'm gonna set you and your house on fire," and he's like, "No, I remember the umbrella song and the work, 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 work song, and that's it." Yeah, no, there's something like "I love the way you lie," and um. It's Eminem and Rihanna, and he's, like, screaming about how he abuses her and he feels bad about it, but she cheats on him and he hates her. And I once had a girlfriend be like, oh, this song is about you and beep, boyfriend. And I was like, oh, this is probably not a good sign. If my friends think that this song is about us, I think it's time to break up. But anyway. And that's how Rihanna ruined Christie's relationship. No, she saved me. Anyway, um, that's another story for another time. So we're gonna embarrassing gonna... story with Christy. But probably, probably a non-podcast bad. story. Yeah, yeah. bad story yeah. with Christy. Christy doesn't actually. I am uh, very much considering writing a book uh, about the ridiculousness that has been the romance of my life. Uh, I thought we were gonna do a comic that you just never followed up on. Well, I would like to do a comic, but I think I need to get the stories out first on paper. <laughs> well then maybe you should do that that's usually yeah, well, how those things it. go you know usually comic, yeah you don't usually draw comic books before the story's written welcome to marvel in 1965 all right that's how they <laughs> did back then in the last 50 years yeah, not in the last 50 years so yeah. much no yeah 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 anyway uh so a little off track there sorry listeners got a little got a little excited about talking to the guys um never we never tangent no but yes so that will be the meat of our episode. But for now, why don't we just say we've got Mark and Tim here with us. We've got our regulars. We, we're, we're doing pretty good the last few weeks, having all three of us. And um, though, shout out to Eric and Stu. 
you know, from the way back playback. Way back, but, way back. And our, and our other guest hosts. And our way other guest hosts. Yeah. Uh, Missy Spears, Missy Mark, Missy, all other guest hosts. Anyway. Oh. Spears hasn't ever actually been on. Actually, he, he, was on, he was on the crossover episode. Yeah, the crossover episode. Yeah. We've been on Geeks with Kids a couple times. Yeah. No, Spears, did a, Spears did a one with us. Yeah. The, we did We did the crossover, the Stranger Things episode. Stranger Things episode. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. Which is yeah. also very strongly related to today's topic. It is. <laughs> so, um, but we'll get to that. For now, why don't we uh, Why don't we talk some news now? The guys were nice enough to go get news because I was at the gym crying before this podcast, so I haven't had time to actually... Uh, shoddy hosting. Um, I haven't had time to go look for the news. So, uh, Tim, why don't you regale us with some news? Okay. Uh, well, let's get... There's a couple uh, sad departures this week. The first one was uh, which, uh, was that Harry Dean Stanton, um, a very recognizable character actor, uh, passed away uh, this past week or over the weekend at 91 years old. So a lot of people might recommend or, uh, recognize him from... Uh, the very first Alien movie was one of the crew members of the Nostromo. Very, his most recent role was uh, he uh, was on the recent season of Twin Peaks, but he was also in Escape from New York and Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas and Big Love, and apparently he even had a small role in the Avengers. So, lots yeah, he of, was the guy that nerd uh, cred. He was the guy that uh, talks to talks to Stan Lee, Bruce right? Banner. No, he talks oh, to Bruce yeah. Banner. Tells him, tells him he has a condition or whatever. That he's missing his pants or whatever? And then he gives him pants, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he was 91 years old and obviously lived a very full life with a lot of uh, a lot of roles left behind. But uh, the other <clears throat> um, sort of departure I wanted to make note of uh, is um, a little more scientific in nature. Uh, Cassini, the probe that was uh, orbiting Saturn for like the last 13 years, uh basically was crashed into Saturn and burned up in its atmosphere uh last oh, no. couple days on, on purpose cuz basically oh. like it's it's power cells i think were uh running out uh, and rather than just like leave it in orbit and have it like potentially uh hit Saturn and like possibly contaminate it or whatever they just put it on a trajectory such that it would burn up on uh in the atmosphere instead mm. so but uh, still, still sad. I, I mean, I I tend to, I have a lot of friends that um, sort of do NASA related or even work directly for NASA, and they always like get really attached to these probes and like landers and stuff like that. So anytime that one uh, one of those missions ends, it tends to be a very sad event on my Facebook feed. Huh. Um, yeah. Like like Curiosity, for instance. Curiosity is the the most recent uh, Mars rover, and it sings itself "Happy Birthday" every year on its birthday, like by itself, sitting oh, up there on Mars. So it's programmed to play "Happy Birthday" to itself. That's depressing. <laughs> anyway. Oh. But anyway, so yes, Cassini gave us a lot of cool information on Saturn and nearby bodies and stuff like that. So that one is kind of sad as well. Also cool though. So, Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, it, it uh, gave some, it was doing like dives uh, through the rings um, yeah. as it was uh, sort of, as it's uh, orbit was decaying. So they got some really cool images and stuff like that of the rings of Saturn uh, in its final days. Yeah, I saw yeah. those actually. But um, yeah, 
No, that's that's yeah, it's sad. Yeah. Uh, moving on to happier stuff. Did you guys see? This is really recent. Like within the last, well, like just this afternoon, um, Damon Lindelof uh, posted an image on his uh, Instagram. Uh, basically teasing the HBO Watchmen series that has been in development forever. No. So basically saying that it is in, or basically saying it's day one of pre-production. They posted a statue of um, the original Night Owl, uh, Dan, fuck, I can't remember his name now, Um, but the the original uh, uh, Dan Hollis. um, no, Hollis Mason. Dan is the older Night Owl. Anyways, but it's the statue of him that features very heavily in the uh, in the story uh, as sort of a set piece. So, yeah, so that's actually happening. My Instagram is not working. <laughs> you can find it. It's been posted around a bunch of other places as well. But all it said was day one. And it was posted like five hours ago. So pretty fresh. Like four o'clock this afternoon. Oh, look at that. So that's exciting that it's actually going forward. Yeah, I I don't know much about it, so I'm just listening. I'm excited they're doing like they're gonna go back in and like do Watchmen. I don't know how to say properly, but like they're doing Watchmen. That's pretty cool. So yeah, like, as, a, as a series, the way it probably should have been done originally. Like I don't have any like hate for that movie whatsoever, mm-hmm. but it's definitely like a, a a series that could use a deeper dive. I think. I agree for sure. I think that there's definitely uh, more story that they could have pulled in there and uh, a lot more interesting stuff that uh, they did have to cut because of the format. So, yes, I'm definitely yeah. looking forward to that. Anything else? In terms of comic book adaptations, uh, the first reviews for Kingsman the Golden Circle are coming in and seem to be pretty positive overall. Yes, yeah, so everybody's saying it looks like a lot of fun. So. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, the first one was a huge amount of fun, too, so. Yeah, the first one was a blast. I was the total surprise, too, because, like, I don't, I never, I didn't, I'm not even sure if that comic ever passed by me at any point, so I was, I kind of went into it just as the movie, and enjoy, I enjoyed the shit out of it. I thought it was a good, it was Oh, a I thought movie. the movie was great. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was. So, I'll have to go check that out, actually. When's that out? This week? Uh, Yeah, Friday. I, I'm nice. going to miss it, unfortunately, because I'm going to be. I mean, for a good reason, I'm going to be on vacation, but I won't get to see it probably until next week or so. Yeah. I might um, run out and see it this weekend then. Christy, here's something that you... Well, actually, I don't think... I think you said you hadn't read this, so I'm not sure if you'll be excited for it or not. But uh, we got our first image of uh, David Tennant and Michael Sheen in uh, Good Omens as uh, Crowley and Azara Fail. Ooh! Yeah, they look weirdly like 70s glam rockers or something it's yeah yeah i thought i saw i thought i saw that that on eric's wall yeah i think he did post it today yeah so like that i'm that's i'm just ah i love both those actors it looks pretty gamey let's say yeah 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 i thought you gonna say it looks pretty gay (laughs) i was like uh tim inappropriate (laughs) the emmys happened and oh the emmys did happen yeah yeah and a lot of nerdy series got a lot of love there hands made uh, Handmaid's Tale won a bunch of stuff, including yeah, Clean best, House, Best Drama Series, Best Actress. I got a rep Atlanta because Donald Glover won Best Comedy Actor for Atlanta. That's true, yeah. And Best um, Direction of an Episode, right? Yeah, I don't think he directed that episode, but it did win. I think for Best, uh, yeah, uh, no, it was him. Yeah, directing for yeah. a comedy series, Donald Glover. Um, yeah, so there was a lot of uh, a lot of firsts, like a lot of people of color winning uh, awards mm-hmm. for the first time, like Aziz Ansari and uh, Lena Waithe. 
Wathe uh, won for Master of None for Red Yeah, I think it's sweet theory. he let her speak. Yeah. I was like, yeah. Absolutely. She, I think, was the first black woman to ever win a writing Emmy or something like that. A comedy. Writing right. comedy. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Last Week Tonight got a, a bunch of awards. That's one of my favorites. As it should. They won Best oh, yeah. Variety, didn't they? Yeah. yeah, and best, uh, I think, best writing for a variety series as well. Yeah, well, that kind of makes sense. Uh-huh. There isn't a lot of competition, maybe, these days? Well, I, there used to be. I mean, Anatomy the, used the to Late go... Show is up there as well. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, what else? That that Emmy used to be, like, I think they used to hand that fucking thing back and forth between Colbert and The Daily Show yeah. for, like, fucking 15 years. So, I guess John Oliver picking it up is just kind of that lineage kind of... Yeah reconnecting with the emmys at this yeah. point now you've got uh like some sam b and stuff like that as well that are up yeah. there uh doing that same kind of thing as well and uh and apparently doing a really good job of it i really want to start watching uh full frontal uh, yeah i've been meaning to pick it up she used to um really great on me on the daily show i never liked cared for it <laughs> to be that much so um her and her husband both i found them both really annoying so when she got her own show, I was like, I get why, because she is awesome and very funny. But I just found whenever she was like in character, I was like, you're really annoying. And then Jason, it's Jason Jones, I think is her yeah. the name of her husband. Canadian husband. Yeah, her, yeah, he's Canadian. I found him just as bad. So I was like, if he's on there and it's the two of them, like without the Jon Stewart softening, I was like, oh, this might be a little much for me. But. <laughs> who's who's this again? Uh, Jason Jones and Sam B. Samantha, Sam B. Samantha I B. don't know her. They were both, I think, really, like, I think they played that up, though. Like, they were supposed to be the really unlikable ones. Yeah. They were, like, they were kind of, like, B-tier, I don't want to say B-tier, that sounds shitty, but they were kind of, like, B-tier correspondents on The Daily Show during John Oliver's run as a correspondent on The Daily Show. Mm. Like, there's always kind of, like, you could tell who the stars were. Yeah, Yeah, you could always tell who the stars were, and they were always kind of hovering between the two kind of tiers, but, like... It was really clear from like the beginning that John Oliver was like the heir apparent kind of thing, especially mm. after Colbert had left and all that kind of stuff. So. Well, and when Oliver took over for Stewart for a little yeah, while as well. Yeah, when he went to yeah I, guess, I, that's, I think that's why Jason Jones left, actually, because he thought it should have been him or something like that. There's, mm-hmm. There was something about that in that book I read about him being pissy about not getting that spot. But I was just like, come on, John Oliver's like, yeah. like you're funny, but like John Oliver's like, like next level talent. So, yeah. we're actually trying to get uh tickets to see a taping of last week tonight when we're in new york next month so oh i'm so jealous i would kill to see that well i mean it's really hard to get the tickets apparently i mean they're free you just basically have to like get the show website right at the right time in order to get the tickets to begin with so oh they actually they actually do ticketing online now because you used to be like i know the daily show used to be like you just show up and you have to kind of like luck into it Mm. yeah so. No, for last week tonight, they released the tickets online like two and a half weeks ahead of the taping or something like that. Okay. And you have to like get online and make sure that you're like one of the first people to. That's probably a small theater too, right? Like 200, pe- 200 seats or something like that. Yeah. I don't it can't be a huge big. audience. Yeah. 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 I would kill to see that show though. That'd be so be good. Fun. Didn't um, Julie Louis-Dreyfus win like her sixth in a row Emmy for Veep now or something like that? This yeah. Year? she there, Veep won some stuff as well. That's awesome. Show's fantastic. So yeah. I'm gonna be sad to see it go. Toys R Us filed for bankruptcy today. I know. I, I heard that. Yeah, that was all over the gaming news sites today too, because that's a big. They're a big video game retailer. So yeah, that doesn't mean they're gonna close necessarily. It just means that they're 
you know, filing for protection. Yeah. Yeah. It's chapter 11. It's the same kind of bankruptcy that Marvel went through in the nineties. They just kind of meant they got to restructure and find financing and mm-hmm. get their shit sorted out so they can compete in the modern market as opposed to like trying to be brick and mortar in an age of Amazon, I guess. Yeah. So. Yeah. Amazon, which is now starting to open like brick and mortar stores and they're like fucking Amazon van or trucks and shit like that. They're treasured yeah. trucks and shit. So yeah, weird all those online ones are starting to go starting to go brick and mortar like and they have all like these physical pickup locations and stuff like that in the u.s now too so they have them here too actually well it is cheaper for them in the end right yeah yeah to actually have locate like relatively local places yeah there is a game of thrones official animated miniseries that uh got announced this past week what uh, called Game of Thrones Conquest and Rebellion, which looks at Aegon Targaryen's uh, conquest of the Seven Kingdoms. So cool! Yeah, so I the didn't first, see any of that announced. The first episode is apparently available online now. Uh, it's called Valyria's Last Scion, House Targaryen, uh, and it tells the story of the Doom of Valyria. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know how long it's supposed to be, or apparently it's. Oh, here it is. A 45-minute miniseries total, so they're just sort of releasing the episodes a bit at a time. It looks like you could get the whole miniseries if you pre-order the Game of Thrones Season 7 Blu-ray. You can that's, get the whole series. Wow, that's cheap! Yeah. That is cheap! But I mean, it's more Game of Thrones, and we're not going to get more like live-action Game of Thrones for a long time, so yeah, that might be something True. to tide people over. That one is actually one, I think, uh, when we finish recording, I might sit down and just go through that first episode. That sounds pretty mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one is a little more movie nerd. Um, have you guys been following all this stuff around Darren Aronofsky's new movie, uh, Mother? No, what's going on with that? It I'm is interested getting in it. horrible reviews. Apparently, yeah. it's really fucking hard to watch. Um, it got a F from CinemaScore, which like never, ever, ever happens. Yeah. Wasn't it's Rotten Tomatoes like in the low 20s or something like that? uh, I don't have that in front of me, but yeah, it is pretty being pretty widely panned. Really? I mean, Darren Aronofsky's movies aren't super accessible at the best of times. No. Yeah. So. Oh, well, it's actually it's it's up at a 68 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I heard it was lower than that, but maybe it's swung back up. But uh, yeah, I've been seeing some. Really rough stuff on it. Uh, I think it's. I think it's shit business though. Like it only did uh, yeah. seven point six million at the box office this weekend. Yeah, it seems Ooh. like it's going to be one of those ones that's super polarizing. Yeah, it got fucking crushed by our movie of the episode and another like American <laughs> Assassin. Oh, I didn't even heard of that. That no. is that the uh, the Tom Cruise one? Michael Keaton. My oh, Michael Keaton one. Yeah, it looked really cool. I thought it was like looking pretty promising. What's that, Mother? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I was I was like, okay, I'm down because I I mean I really like a lot of the actors in it. Apparently, uh, Aronofsky and J Law are like a thing right now too. I mean, I really love Darren Aronofsky. He's one of my favorite yeah. like modern filmmakers. Um, like, I really fucking love like Pie and Requiem for a Dream and some of his old movies. So he and Jennifer Lawrence are together. Yeah, apparently. Ugh. How old <laughs> is he? No, he's in his fifties. No, he's forty-eight. And oh, but well. Has- has a creepy porn stash. Actually, I don't know if he, he does. has it right now, but all the pictures that are does. coming up on Google have yeah. it. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> no. Weird. Weird couple. Yeah. Yeah, it feels like that feels like promo horse shit, so. Yeah. Making out. But I mean, he's done some amazing movies, like I said. I mean, Pie Requiem for a Dream, um, The Wrestler, Black Swan, The Fighter. Yeah. Yeah, his movies so. are really good, which is why this is disappointing. Oh, here's a picture where it looked like he peed himself. <laughs> <laughs> it could be one of those movies that like people that like his kind of movies will like, but it's just not really accessible for a monitor, you know, wider audience kind of thing. Yeah, you don't see he's kind of like the the David Lynch of modern cinema, right? Like he doesn't really yeah. do anything that's like super mainstream or like even remotely easy to watch. So yeah, one yeah. one I think we'd all have something to say on like a sort of film nerd kind of stuff. So I think we should maybe do something like that, like favorite directors or something like that. Not necessarily yeah. nerdy movies at some point. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. Do you have any other news, or should we move on to our geek of the week? Yeah, nothing else that's particularly exciting. Oh, wait, Christy, I have one what? for you. Oh, what, what? Did you what, what? see that Pottery Barn has released a collection of Harry Potter Oh, my items? freaking, I'm so, oh! <laughs> Did I see it? I oh, I saw yes. it. I saw it. I saw it and I want it. It, looks, oh, it all looks like pretty cool. nice. I mean, it's Pottery Barn, right? So it's going to be like pretty high quality Ooh. stuff. It's not going to be like shoddy, you know, shit that you'd buy off. Etsy from some I arts and crafts person or something kind of thing. Uh, I know. Anytime someone makes up my Harry Potter, their sales are going to skyrocket. Christy's so excited. She's yawning. No, I am. I'm like, uh, I'm so excited. I just <laughs> uh, I want it all. But I want it all in Hufflepuff. Like, <laughs> this, this, this. Yeah. No, I want it. I want it. I want to order it all. And I want to get it right now. What's that song? I want it all. Like, look at the freaking the Quidditch. You can have a quit. You can have you can have expecto patronum bedsheets. You can have a freaking Deathly Hollow pillow, man. Like, you can you can't even look at all the stuff. Look at the snitch clock. Like, I just I and this I is the rest lamps, of the episode. And there's 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 like Hedwig lamps and and I I just there's posters and like uh, wait they turned an owl into a lamp. That's that's uh, cruel. And they have like they have the keys. The keys that like hang in the first book. So Tim, man, how's it going, buddy? <laughs> oh. oh, look at that mirror! Look at that arch Four, mirror. It's supposed to be like the mirror I've ever said. Oh, it's so just, cool. uh, oh. I want that and that and that and that. Guys, I want it all. I want it all. Anyway, oh, hey, they know who nice sings that song. That's a no. Wait, wait. Google, 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 Google. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Queen. <laughs> I think I did know it was Queen, though. Is is that on yeah, one of your favorite albums? Favorite. Yeah, it's on my favorite album. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, it's Mark's, my it's that Mark's game of face Thrones. palming pretty hard right now. I know, I see it, I see it. Mark he just broke his brain. It's, like, it's not a, it's 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 also not a power ballad technically. So I have to. Hey, whoa! <laughs> power ballad is defined by how it makes you feel. Um, I don't think that's accurate, but well, then I'm gonna Google power ballad. Queen is closer to a power ballad. Yes, definitely. I mean, Queen has performed some ballads yeah. that could be considered powered ballads. Oh, 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 look at this. Okay, so I jumped to po- power ballads. Here we go. <laughs> power ballads. We're going to rehash this now, folks. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Just, re- just real quick. Just real quick. Here we go. <laughs> Simon Frost, this is for our Facebook fans. So, ecologist and former rock critic identifies the origins of the power ballad in the emotional singing of soul artists, particularly Ray Charles. And the adaptation of the style by performers such as Eric Burden, Tom Jones, and Joe Crocker 
to produce slow tempo Cocker. songs. I'm pretty sure it's Joe Cocker. Joe yeah. Cocker. I'm sorry. I like crockpots. Um, <laughs> Joe Cocker to produce slow tempo songs, often building to a loud and emotive chorus backed by drums, electric guitars, and sometimes choirs. According to Charles Aaron, power ballads came into existence in the early 1970s when rock stars attempted to convey profound messages to audiences. Where are you going to get to the part that explains how Celine Dion and Disney songs are power ballads? Because they have um, uh, the origin of the power ballad and the emotional singing. <laughs> and how it is produced slow tempo songs often building to a loud and emotive chorus. Considered ballads? No, you're wrong. <laughs> Whereas power ballad would be the electric guitar hard rock band doing a softer, bigger That's song. That's one power ballad. That's one kind of power ballad. All right. I think you're wrong. I should write a power ballad about how I think you're wrong. I. <laughs> it's nice that you think you're. You think I'm wrong because I, like I. I'm smart. Know that you're I wrong right now. Know things. So Except let's get to geek of the week. Shush, let's get to. Shush, Let's Apparently. get to Geek of the Week or else we're never going to get there. Um, so, <laughs> well, let's, let's, talk, let's do Geek of the Week. So, why don't we do our sting, Tim? You ready? I'm ready when you are. Okay, let's do this. Geek of the Week! Geek of the Week! All the sound editing. Our sting, <laughs> guys, such stings. Much happy. So, let's let's of the weeks. So why don't we are we hear from uh, Mark? Why don't you go first? Well, geekiest the geekiest thing. thing I did this week was look up the definition of power ballad <laughs> <laughs> right now. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, actually, the I, geekiest thing I did this week, I know you did, and you still got it wrong, so that's fine. It's my turn to talk now, so put your tongue back in your mouth if you're not going to use it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that was rough. I apologize. <laughs> um, I don't. Uh, the geekiest thing I did this week, well, like it's been four days, so I, all I've done, had time to do is uh, edit a podcast and then go back to work. So that was a lot of fun. That was the geekiest thing I did this week. Actually, no, that's a lie. So what I actually did this week was, in, because of our episode last week, I like deep dove into uh, the Radiohead discography <laughs> and started buying vinyl because that's the thing, something... I need to spend money on right now is, you know, records that I already own. Instead of trips to Atlanta. Yeah, instead exactly. Instead of going down to Atlanta and visiting Tim. But my sister's seeing somebody new who is uh has a, a a pot dispensary card. So he got me some he's got there's been some edible like gummies laying around the house. Oh no. I've never <laughs> and I have not partaken in anything like weed related in a long time. So on I think Friday night, I took two or three of those gummies and just was just high as a fucking kite and <laughs> listened to uh okay computer and a moonshaped pool again and was like yep i like these bands i like these bands and that's when i did my impulse i'm gonna buy all this shit on vinyl and clear out the rest of my radiohead collection i'm still waiting for is that why you're stoned you bought it yeah <laughs> that's you got munchies for for one, one click one what having all your shit in your phone, like your Amazon account and stuff on your phone Having is the, not the one, the one click buying or whatever. One click buying is yeah. not a good idea, but I mean, I would have bought it eventually anyway. So yeah, so I've got like, I've got, I think two, two records still yet to come in. I got the, um, I was messaging the guys last night. I got the, 
I already owned OK Computer on vinyl, but I bought it again because I wanted the reissue, the OK Not OK remaster that they did. So I picked that up on vinyl and was listening to it yesterday, and it sounds really fucking nice. So, yeah. The Mike Geek of the Week was directly related to what we talked about last week. Nice. Which is usually the way I do things. These like We'll talk about something, and then I'll go deep dive it after the episode so that I can talk about it the week after and bring it back up. <laughs> Fair enough. That's your M.O.? Yeah, it's my M.O. now, <laughs> which is oddly my initials, too. Uh, Sorry, it took me a second. I was like, ha M.O. <laughs> wait. Wait, yeah. <laughs> yeah, those are my initials. Thank you. Sorry about that. Yeah, that's that's funny that you bought it when you were stoned. One time I got my dad a little bit drunk and uh, made him buy an Idina Menzel autograph because I knew he was. <laughs> I don't even know who that is, so that's awesome. What? She's in, she's in Wicked. And oh, okay. Yeah. Oh God! I'm really gonna get into the one. She was the one that John Travolta butchered her name at the Adele Dazim. Yeah, at the Grammys or Oscars What's or something. A, like who that. is this? Who is this woman? Do you remember when John Travolta like butchered introducing somebody at like the Oscars or something like that? He's like now the no. incomparable Adele Dazim or something ridiculous like that. It was a big thing. That was Adina Menzel. I'm really upset that you don't know who she is. Well, I mean, she's really only big in musicals, right? So Mark knows no, nothing. No, she was about in a number of movies, but I guess they were musical movies. Yeah, Come exactly. <laughs> Took it back. Took it back. <laughs> Is she like? Was she on the original cast? Uh, she's Wicked? the original yeah, cast of Wicked, and yeah. Uh, yeah, and she was also in. She played uh, Elsa in Frozen, didn't she? She did play Elsa in Frozen, and she also was in. Did you ever watch Rent, Mark? God, no, are you kidding? Okay, I know, dumb question. You mean the oh, rent, the rent movie? She was in that. Excuse mm-hmm. me. She was uh, the one of the lesbian lovers, Maureen. She's also extremely unattractive. What? How? Who are, get out of here! That was. Can you not tell sarcasm from anything else? She's oh. smoking hot. What are you talking about? Oh, I don't know. I assumed <laughs> you were being. Cereal. Just a joke. Why? That's why I was. That's why I was asking what her name actually was, so that I could type it into Google and like look up who this person you guys are talking about is, <laughs> and then look at pictures because I'm a pervert. So that's what I do. Creep. No. <laughs> yeah, much. Well, there's your geek of the week. Nice. Um, what about what about you, Tim? Uh, so I changed mine today. Actually, up until today, it was going to be that uh, uh, we had our uh monthly cocktails and cupcakes party on saturday and we did a drunk history uh theme which i think i mentioned on the podcast last week yeah that's so awesome. that was a lot of fun to begin with you know every, everybody came in and like recounted a historical event drunkenly uh we weren't oh as inebriated as they got on the show because that might have required like hospital trips and shit like that but uh we got pretty drunk uh but no, then that's amazing it was fun. Then this morning, uh, and I got to educate some Americans about uh, uh, Laura Secord and how she helped uh, a American force get thoroughly defeated. That was fun. But this morning, my first uh, primary author paper got accepted into a journal. So that is my geek of the week. Ooh. Uh, with yeah, so it needs minor revisions, and I mean pretty minor. Uh, so, but yeah, my uh, my PhD advisor emailed me this morning and told me that it had got accepted, and it hadn't been. I guess it'd been submitted for like a couple of months or something like that, but not too long. So it came back. I feel like you were you talking about it on the podcast at one point. I seem to remember you. Probably, yeah. 
seriously, that's cool. so rad. Congratulations. That's really cool. So that's like one of at least two or three papers from my PhD that still remain to be like wow. published and stuff. But still, yeah, like that's, that's so cool. Yeah, it only took uh, a year and nine months or something like that after I graduated. <laughs> hey, hey, sometimes that's you know you gotta you gotta wait it out. Yeah. So yeah, it was exciting. Very that's pretty cool, cool, buddy. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you guys. Big deal. Yes. I, I bought myself pizza tonight to celebrate. Atta boy. <laughs> Get that pizza. <laughs> I'm trying to think. So my geek of the week was Hey guys. I did it. Are you done? Are you you done finished Mass, Mass Effect? Effect? It was so bad. Thank God we don't have to hear you fucking whine about it, it anymore. Was so bad. <laughs> Except we're gonna have to listen to it for about the next twenty minutes. So No, I will keep it brief. But oh my god, if you ha- you could got it. okay, just you watch headphones down. the ending sequence. Don't do it. Just watch <laughs> the ending sequence. Cause like it's the shitty fight where I just like demolish. I didn't even die once. And I was like, well, if you don't die once in a boss fight at the very end, like it's too easy almost. And there was no strategy. And then at the end, we just walk out of this like fucking cave thing and my love interest in the game just picks me up and I go, <laughs> and then they spin you in a circle and then it goes to black and it just says in a whisper, we did it. It's like, it's like, fuck you, Bioware. <laughs> fuck you. Like, how dare you? How dare you? This is the third time I've talked about Mass Effect today. But like, <laughs> it's just like, who the, why would you do that? Why would you set this? Who would you, who wrote this piece of shit? Like, does anybody else feel like three times today seems low for Christy? Like, I feel like that's <laughs> that's like below average. If you catch her not talking about Mass Effect, like you're catching her at an off moment. Like, yeah. that's. Uh, I just it was maybe so it's just because bad. we're on the podcast with her and like that's all she talks about is Mass Effect. It's not true. I talk about other things. You always bring up Mass Effect. I do. I always bring it up. Yeah, that's the one thing I think you've probably brought up more than anything yeah. else. Like, it's Guys, like my life. To the level that, like, Mark brings up, like, Pearl Jam and that I bring yeah. up, like, DC Comics. DC. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. But, uh, it's like your white whale or something like that. <laughs> I just. Uh, it was so bad. It's so bad. But it's done now. You can put it behind. Yeah, you're done now. Now you can go play Horizon, which is fucking amazing. I know. I can't wait. I want to start it, but Mark, my Mark wanted me to wait. He was like, wait till you actually have time to play it. And I was like, yeah. I want to play it now. He, I yeah, because you know what I did? You don't, want to do, you don't want to do what I did, which was like play about 10 hours of it and then kind of walk away for a week and then sit back down and be like, I have no fucking idea what's going on. So I, oh, I'm going to no. restart it. So when you get ready, to, when you're ready to start it, they'll let me know and we'll, we'll start it at the same time and it'll probably take you six weeks longer than it'll take me to beat it, but that's fine. <laughs> Mark doesn't sleep. Uh, no, not much. Uh, four hours a night, approximately. Is, what? Yeah. Mark, that's not enough sleep. Unless you've no. eaten pot gummies and listened to a bunch of Radiohead. Well, that night I slept for nine fucking hours, so <laughs> that that makes up for the rest of the week where I sleep for like four or five hours a night. So. <laughs> no good. No good. But, yeah, so I uh, I finished it. I'm very disappointed. Mark, <laughs> my Mark just kept being like, why are you playing this? Why are you still playing this? You're only, you're so angry whenever you play this game. Because, like, I started swearing at the screen quite a bit. Just being like, fuck you, Bioware. <laughs> <laughs> why did I figure you were a I scream at the fucking screen kind of person? 
when it comes to like, video games. The other thing is, I started getting so like emotional about it because I was just like, they promised us. They <laughs> promised us this would be good. We were promised, and they did not deliver for four years. We waited for this friggin' game, and it was so bad. It was so bad. <laughs> and oh. Now you get to go. Look, think of all the good games that have come out in the interim that you get to play now that you know are going to be good. Like you what get to play like? Horizon. You have a Zelda sitting there waiting for you. Like you've got tons of awesome shit to play now. Same. I know, it's like, I don't get another Batman game that I want, so we can't all get what we want. There you go. It's video games. The Rolling Stones wrote a song about that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the wrong, it was the Rolling Stones. Not a power ballad, by the way. Actually, mm, no. Borderline really. power ballad. Bordering. Good song, though. It is. As much as I dislike the Rolling Stones overall, they do write good music. Well, yeah. Sorry, I'm still really upset about what's going on in my head. Anyway. Isn't that like your day-to-day at this point? Can't get you out of my head. Um, so, my song choice is terrible. but um, Usually, yes. How dare you shut up. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Why don't we, why don't we uh, unless you guys have anything else to add, why don't we just, why don't we get geeky up in her? I'm just. I just really want to say I'm very excited that you finished Mass Effect because it means we will never have to talk about Mass Effect ever again because oh, the series is dead. No, not, she'll go back and she'll go back that. and replay the, the original. Is, the, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Game. Don't you say that series is. Don't you say it's dead. You take that back, you son of a bitch. It's not dead. You better not replay any of those games before you play Horizon. I'm That's all I'm going to say. Play Mass Effect, the original series again. So I love Garrus Vakarian. No. I won't. I'll choose someone else. Playing as I'm playing as male chef, and I don't enjoy it as much. <laughs> anyway, we don't have to talk about it anymore right now. We don't have to talk about it anymore right now. We All weren't right. really talking about it. It was more I don't you talking about, about it. About it. Right now. <laughs> and, that's, and that's kind of <laughs> us just waiting for it to pass. I'm depressed. Like a, hur- like a hurricane. Like a hurricane. <laughs> <laughs> so sad. Anyway. Anyway, let's get to the meat of the episode. So the meat of the episode. We're actually, I'm excited to talk about this because a yeah, friend of mine. Sting. We're gonna do it. I'm just. I'm prepping. Okay. Jeez, man, get off my back. <laughs> <laughs> just chill, okay? Chris, you, you didn't you didn't do the gig. Anyway, that's not how you sound. But um, <laughs> so. Did you take something before we? Yeah, I took exercise class. <laughs> like, and soup. Soup. No, I, I am. Mark's making me chicken right now, so I'm excited. Real food. But yes, okay. So let's do a sting. We'll do a sting, and then I'll introduce it. So ready? We're gonna we're gonna do meat of the episode sting. Here we go. <laughs> so much prep. You ready, Tim? Tim, here it comes. There's nothing Tim, can live Tim, up to ready? this hype now, though. Tim, no. But are you serious? Like, are I'm, you ready? ready? I think I'm ready. Are Are you though? Like, I don't know if you are. No, not now. No, but like, okay, you're not. Past, I'm not ready wait, anymore. Wait, Wait, wait. I, I'm ready now. Let's do it. Like, I'll okay, do it. Let's do it. Oh, it's interesting. Oh, 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 you missed it. Right. Oh, that was our window. Okay, okay. You waited too long. Too long. Oh. All right. Okay. Well, I'll wait till you're ready. That's what she said. <laughs> Not really. No. I don't think that's a line by many women. No. I'll wait till you're ready, sweetie. Yeah, that's more of a line that I've heard before. <laughs> <laughs> 
uncomfortable <laughs> silence. <laughs> I told you I was going to wait till you were ready. Meet up the episode. Clown face meat. <laughs> Funny tasting clown meat. Actually hiding that it's a spider meat. What did the one cannibal Get say I... to the other cannibal when it was eating a clown? What? Does this taste funny to you? Boo! <laughs> Get out! I love puns, and that was terrible. <laughs> oh, you should be ashamed of yourself. Oh, I'm terrible. Not. I know. I'd do it again. I know. I know you would. So why are we talking about So we're going to talk about it. So we're going to talk about clowns. <laughs> so... The reason we're talking about clowns is because, one, the, the show did just come out, which is, or the show, the movie did just come out, which is awesome. I have a vested interest in it because my buddy Jake is in the is in the movie, and I'm very proud of him. He played Belcher. Belch? Belch. Yeah. Played Belch. And uh, I was so proud of his performance. I was like, yeah, Jake. And, I mean, my mark pointed out, how cool is it to have a, be- like, a, a, a good buddy um, who's in the blockbuster of the year? Like, that never happens. That's true. Unless, you know, you're best friends with Jay Lawrence, because then, you know, that always happens. Well, <laughs> not this year. Not anyway. this year. Oh. <laughs> but, um. It's more so, like being best friends with, like, Robert Downey Jr., because you just expect his movies to do well now, yeah. I guess, because they're all Marvel movies, and that's all well, he though. does. It took a while for Robert Downey Jr. to be good again. It's true, but it was worth um, the wait. Worth the wait. Mm-hmm. But here's here's what I was uh, okay. So I'm gonna ask you guys, but I'll start. What drove you to want to go see the movie? Like, what what about it was um, a pull for you? And for me, obviously, it was Jake, which is what I was just talking about. But to be perfectly honest, I was actually expecting it to be a lot more terrifying, which we'll talk about in a bit. But I had psyched myself up so much that it was gonna be like just absolutely horrifying that I was shaking sitting in the theater, and I was just like. <laughs> freak it out and mark was like it's gonna be fine and i was like it's not why can't i just buy my ticket show a picture on instagram and leave and he's like because that's not supporting i was like he's got my money what if i don't want to see this movie it's so scary and then um it uh it wasn't as scary as i thought it was but i appreciated that it was more creepy i think creepy is a better word to describe the movie but we'll get we'll get to that so let's let's hear from you guys tim why did you want to go see it I I really liked the uh, original series miniseries back in the '90s. I've never read the book, but uh, and so um, I was very interested to see this sort of new take on it because that original '90s miniseries is like has become sort of you know this pop culture piece kind of thing that uh, a lot of gets a lot of uh, re- uh, you know reference back to you kind of thing. But uh, I mean, I'm out of the three of us, I think I'm probably the biggest like horror guy in general as well. So that was another thing was, um, it was a horror movie, but it was getting a massive amount of like good reviews and stuff like that. So normally I don't go see horror movies in the theater and the reasoning behind that we'll probably get to discussing later on. Mm -hmm. And this did kind of reinforce that a little bit, unfortunately, but yeah, so that was, I would say that's the sort of main reasoning behind it was just the general good press and the fact that it is a remake of, sort of a classic uh, horror series or story. Mm-hmm. Well, cool. So, yeah, Tim Tim has some things to say, which I'm excited <laughs> to hear about. We've been talking about this for the last few days on um, on Facebook. It's going to be because, some conflict, folks. 
There's going to be some conflict, folks, because <laughs> I'd never seen the miniseries before, and that's all I'll say for this moment. <laughs> but Mark, why don't you uh, why don't you give us what, what inspired you to go see the show, the movie? Um, us talking about it, mainly. Um, there's just a lot of talk, right? Because like, usually horror movies are not something that I'll run out and see in the theater. Like It's something that I'll wait and like when the reviews are good, then uh, I'll go, I'll check it out when it kind of comes on like home video kind of thing. Um, but like the amount of press this movie was getting and like the box office, like boom that it got that first weekend, I was like, well, I'm curious enough that I would go see it. And then we talked about doing the episode about it. So I was like, I kind of have to go now. <laughs> so, um, duty, I guess to the podcast. <laughs> you said to see duty. It. Yeah. That means poop. But I was, I was, I was pleasantly surprised though. Like I definitely enjoyed the movie a lot. So there was that the miniseries was a bit of a tougher sit. Uh, in 2017, so, <laughs> but I'm sure we'll get into that. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into that for sure. Yeah, yeah, okay, cool. So, let me hear how you experienced it for the first time. Like, because um, it has, it did come out as the miniseries in the 90s, Um, which was, what was it, two episodes or was it three episodes long? Two episodes, I think. <laughs> two part, episodes, part one yeah. and part two. Part one, part two. Yeah. Um, so, uh, did you guys see that when it first came out, or was it something you experienced recently? Mark, you kind of just answered that question. So I actually read the book when the miniseries came out. So, that was when I read it. So, this is a long time ago. So, I was... You read no, this no. shit when you were nine years old? No. No, it would have been after that. Miniseries came out in 90. 1990? Yeah. But it was, I was like 10 or 11 when I read the book, which was maybe not a great idea. But, <laughs> the, whatever. I read a lot of shit that I probably shouldn't have when I was young, so... Yeah, so I've read I've read the book young, and then so I did see the miniseries like after the fact. I'm not sure if I watched it on TV. I doubt I did. I know my mom and dad did for sure. So I was exposed to that like Tim Curry mm-hmm. original as it aired kind of thing. Um, it didn't really freak me out too much, but you know, yeah. whatever. It was one of those things. This like it's just in the ether at that point, right? Like everybody was talking about it because like Stephen King, especially in the like late '80s, early '90s, was like still considered one of the best like horror authors going. So. Yeah, I don't know if that reputation is as deserved as it is or not, but that's fine. Well, his books are just, they're so odd. They go into weird places. They're so fucking long, too. So Yeah, it was 1,200 pages or something like that? Uh, I was reading, when I was I was looking at the synopsis today, it's like the, the original hardcover was 1135, mm. I think, was, the, was the, the page count on it. Ouch. Um, and I was going to, like, when we started talking about doing this episode, I'm like, oh shit, I should reread it. And then when I pulled it up on Kindle... I was like, oh, it's like 1,200 pages. <laughs> but it's Stephen King, though. Like, Stephen King tends to read very quickly, usually, does it not? It it depends on the book. I, f- I find he tends to... he He's one of those guys who, like, got big, stopped using an editor kind of thing. Mm. And it could definitely benefit from that. So, like, there's versions of... Like, it's very long. And then there's versions of, like, The Stand that was, like, originally came out at, like, 1,200 pages then was re-released unabridged and came out to like 17 or 1800 pages. And I'm just like, no, I don't feel like reading that. Like I have a hard time. Like I read anything usually, but I'm like, I can't, I don't know. I don't find his writing so good that I'm like willing to put myself through 1200 pages of it, I guess kind of thing. So he's definitely not like Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Pause for one sec, guys. I'm just going to move. So Mark can eat. Um, so you can eat in here. I'll move to the, dining room just so that you don't get the sound of forks and knives oh, i wouldn't want those it's one of our yeah. trademarks i know <laughs> so just give me like two minutes to move okay okay yeah. okay 
Just I I figure this is easier than Mark you doing this in post. Just do yes, it. Yes, ma'am. Nike. That is. That is. I just want to make sure my food doesn't fall over. Okay, one sec. What? Good running commentary. This can be this can in. be the bumper. I might just leave it in. I might just leave it in. Just, ta- just tag this at the end of the episode. This is Christy uh, involved in some sort of sexual encounter. I'll just get this nope. and put that there and then move over here. And... That's not what I sound like. <laughs> I sound like muffled bedsheets. <laughs> Muffled the bed sheets? Yeah. I don't think we want to know. I'm curious, though. <laughs> I don't really want to know, but, like... So, Alicia has been, like, filling me in all week, because she has read uh, the book as well, so she's been filling me in on all, like, the crazy shit from the book that got left out of the movies. Like, the... Yeah, like, the sex scene? Well, the sex scene, and, like, uh, Pennywise's origin, and all that crazy shit, and... Yeah, yeah, like all the weird cosmic stuff. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, I'm really glad they left that out. Yeah. They might get to it in the sequel, though. We'll see. I don't know. It was... That's freaking weird. That's one thing, I mean, well, we'll get into it, but that's one thing that I think is going to make it really difficult to compare these two sort of apples to apples kind of thing. Anyways. Well... Okay, so what, what what about you, Tim? When did you when did you first get exposed to it? Um, I've never read the book. Uh, I've never. I don't think I've read any Stephen King. If I have, it's only been like maybe some short stories or something like that. Uh, Probably for the best. <laughs> it's not that I'm not interested in it. It's just that uh, there's it's so far down in my list of priorities in ter- terms of the sort of things that I'd really like to get to reading. Um, mm-hmm. But I probably first watched. The I, I definitely my first exposure was the 1990 miniseries. I didn't watch it when it first came out, though. It was probably like in the late 90s when I had uh, uh, my friend Adam in high school, who sort of was the guy that really got me into horror. Mm-hmm. Um, so we would just have like nights where we would go rent movies and shit like that. And I'm pretty sure that it was one of the things that we uh, rented at one point. So I was probably like, you know, my like late teens or something like that. The first time I saw it, like late 90s, that something like that. Did you think it was scary? Uh, I I enjoyed it for the overall tone of it. Like I thought it did suspense very well, generally speaking. Uh, and I mean Tim Curry's performance is is outstanding, which I think we'll probably get into some comparisons there later on. I don't think see how we could have this conversation and not. But uh, yeah, I enjoyed it when I first saw it. Yeah, so that was my first experience with it. Well, my first experience was seeing the 2017 movie last week. Like, I knew about it, but I had actively avoided the movie, or the miniseries, because um, I was not big on clowns. (laughs) I was not big on clowns. And you're not big on horror in general, right? Well, I prefer creepy. Horror. But I prefer creepy to outright horror. Like, I don't really like blood, guts, and gore. And I'm I'm more partial to like psychological thriller or psychological horror than I am jump scares. So I was that's what I was expecting with it. I was expecting lots of jump scares. And I think the worst part for me was the beginning when Georgie got his arm ripped off. Yeah, I was not expecting I was like, that. I covered my eyes. I was like, nope. 
but I was I was actually I was pleasantly surprised by how much I actually enjoyed the movie overall. I thought it was kind of fun. And I thought there was some really really good moments. And yeah, I don't know. I just feel like there's uh there's lots to talk about um because I know that the 2017 is not everybody's uh cup of tea, but I I really liked it. I thought it was very fun, not just because Jake was in it, even though that was a, a big plus, because I was like, yeah, but yeah, I just, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a, a, a fun, a fun romp. So that, why don't we do that? Why don't we talk about overall, if we had to choose, what, did we prefer the miniseries or did we prefer the movie that just came out? Call on Oh, uh, Tim? <laughs> I did it. I did <laughs> For me, it's a really tough call, but in in large part because we've only basically seen one half of the story with the movie, um, so it, it is. I think it's kind of comparing apples to oranges. Um, I do have a big soft spot for the 1990 miniseries for a few different reasons that I think we'll probably get into, but I I, I did I enjoyed both. I enjoyed both for different reasons. I'll say there are aspects of both that I think were done very uh, well. There are aspects of both that I think could have been done a lot better. So, yeah, I don't think I could pick a favorite between the two of them because I think they were both done. They both did different things very well, and maybe maybe I could come back and say after we see chapter two of the uh, of the modern of the film version whether which one I like overall as a whole, mm-hmm. prefer overall as a whole. Fair enough. What about you, Mark? Based on what I like, what we've seen, I think at this point I'm probably gonna. I'm going to piss Tim off and be like, I would, would probably never watch the two, the 1990 version ever again. I I really enjoyed the movie. Not to like the point where I'm like, Oh my God, greatest movie no. that I've seen. Not, maybe not even this year kind of thing. It was really good for what it was. It definitely had some like, there's some script or like, I'm not sure if it was like screenwriting issues or there's just flaws in the original story that I, you could have fixed up that I can't think of specifically right now that needed to be addressed but like maybe they'll be addressed in the second chapter and that's whatever but yeah i think i would definitely take i would take the better production values of the 2017 version probably yeah. any day the the two thousand the 1990 version when i sat down to watch it this weekend um knowing that we were going to talk about it i was like that was a long fucking sit like <laughs> it was a rough fucking sit so that's why I got up in your oh. shit today on, on on Facebook when you were like, I'm going to stop. I was like, you fucking made oh, no. me sit through this. You're watching all of it too. Yeah, Christy threatened I didn't to mean that not I was... make the way, not make it all. No, 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 no. That's not what I was saying. I was just like, it was really hard. I know, but like you sounded like you were going to stop. And I was no. like, fuck you. I did three and a half hours of this shit. So can you. So No, no, no. I didn't mean that I was going to stop. Oh, I just okay. was really yeah, it was struggling. Like, it was a rough, it like, was definitely like, <laughs> It was a tough sit watching it again this weekend. And like it was maybe not the best idea to go and like see the new revved up 2017 like super glossy version of it and then like rewatch the 1990 made for TV John Ritter starring, you know, like <laughs> that thing. See, I watched I watched the 1990 version before I went to go see the okay. 2017 Which version. Which probably the smart way to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Cuz it was definitely like Rewatch it. I've definitely seen it at least two or three times before that. I think that the main takeaway from it is that it made me really want to watch Stranger Things again. <laughs> I know was a lot. That of was that, the yeah, yeah. So, well, I think for me, 
I will prefer the 2017 one just because I had never been exposed to the 90s one. And mm-hmm. in that, I, there was just some shit in that series, man. Like, it, there was some, just the acting was terrible. And I, it's kind of funny because, uh, like, a lot of the actors in it are not bad actors. No, no I mean, it's got really? some powerhouse actors. I, I will be, the, I will agree with you guys on this. There is some shit acting um in the uh in the 90s miniseries uh like harry anderson and john ritter are not great Um, yeah john ritter was actually one of my favorites yeah he was so like it's almost camp when he's on screen though you know what i mean like it was a little much but i thought overall the kids like the losers as kids were generally pretty well cast and relatively well acted jonathan brandis's like stutter was a little eh yeah, but put on, yeah. But uh, the, I thought, like, I like Seth Green as Richie. I thought he did a really good job as a very, young, yeah. very young Seth Green. Um, yeah, I agree with that. But yeah. yes, there, and I thought Annette, Annette O'Toole was a pretty good Beverly Marsh, um, and Emily Perkins as the young Beverly Marsh. I think I have a uh, a, a fanboy like comic book crush on mm-hmm. Annette O'Toole that kind of like um, as, waylays any like negative opinion. Uh, more like Lana Lang, Lang but... yeah. Lana Lang, I think. <laughs> really? You actually watched that that Superboy series? Wasn't she in uh <coughs> Oh no Superboy? no, she was, she in, was in Superman 3. Yeah, 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 as Lana Lang. That's right. Which I probably haven't seen in 15 years, but still, you know. I bought the box, the Blu-ray box set a while back. I have that. I should watch it at some point. I just watched the uh the Superman. Oh, that's a piece of news that you missed. I know that the the 3 hour uh, Superman cut that yeah. is actually getting a, a home release. That a, like a Blu-ray release. Yeah. That's kind of exciting. It is, yeah. That version has only ever been released, like basically on like TV. Uh, so yeah, yeah that uh, sort of full. It's not necessarily like a director's cut necessarily. It's just sort of an extended cut. Um, it yeah, has like forty minutes of extra footage. It's like a three-hour version of the original, like nineteen seventy-eight or seventy-nine Superman movie. Eight, Eight. yeah, <clears throat> the Richard Donner. So yeah, that 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 I'm excited for. Yeah. Anyways. Um. But yeah. No. Like. Like. I mean. She. She was probably the strongest actor out of the. Uh, the, the adult yeah. ones. I thought. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Because the rest of them are all kind of like. There was some bad '90s fashion going on, which was a little <laughs> distracting too. Like, and it's like pre-grunge kind of like '90s. Like it's 1990, right? So this is like pre-anything culturally relevant happening at that point. So it was still like weird baggy chinos and shit like that, and like <laughs> shoulder pads. Still some kind of guys wearing shoulder, shoulder padded, padded like. Uh, Suit coats suits and, stuff, yeah. and like the the Annette O'Toole in the most un- unflattering outfit they could possibly put her in because she's a smoking hot woman and like I was like you can't see anything in that weird nineties like <laughs> pantsuit thing she's wearing like that was very strange <laughs> so yeah so that was a little weird but um well you know what you actually let me, you've inspired a question that I was going to ask later but I'll ask it now so let's on the positive side and then we'll go negative but <laughs> what did you think that the movie and the then like on the other side that the series did right. What did you think both did well? Um, Tim, do you want to start us off? I'll go with the movie first. I think that the movie dealt with the whole like coming of age and teenage burgeoning sexuality kind of stuff really, really well. Definitely better than the miniseries did. Um, yeah. It was a really fine line and they tread it very well. Uh, like it was relatable and believable but they didn't really, they like didn't objectify basically like a teenager. They didn't really like objectify Beverly to do it. 
Um, so I was yeah. really happy with uh, with the way they handled that. Um, I will say I'm glad they cut the scene where she has to have sex with all of them in the fucking yeah. basement. I mean, I don't think that they could have got away with that. Um, I, I would have been, personally, I would have been okay with that being in there because, I, I again, I haven't read the book, but uh, Alicia has read the book and she sort of filled me in on that scene and stuff like that. I actually like that the, the concept of that scene. Um, so for those of our listeners that haven't heard about it, it's basically that um, in order to escape the being it, one of the things that it requires is like basically a, a connection of like love and caring between yeah. all of them. And in order to achieve that, uh, Beverly has sex with all of the other members of the losers uh, mm-hmm. in order to sort of achieve that connection with all of them. Which, I mean, it's a little heavy-handed in terms of metaphor, but uh, I, I would not have complained if it had been included in the movie. I mean, obviously, they couldn't have shown it, like, graphically or whatever, but even if it was, like, implied. Yeah, but, no, I I just think that that was, they towed a line there that they should have, so I was happy about that. But, sorry, yeah. go on. Tell me more about what you liked about the movie. Um, the effects were obviously way better in the 2017 movie. Like just it's 27 years removed. Obviously the production value is going to be a lot higher overall. Um, that is one thing that make, uh, that I think also makes it difficult to compare to the original. Like I also had some issues with that as well in terms of how the, the effects sort of changed the tone of the movie, but we can get into that later. Let's see the, I liked the way that the uh, sort of climax of the movie, I, I prefer the climax of the movie to the climax of the miniseries, uh, at least the, yeah. the younger version of the miniseries, like where you really get to see like Pennywise's lair in full and see the children that he'd already fed on that were floating, quote unquote, uh, and that sort of thing. Well, physically. You mean that you mean that? You mean the bad set that looks like a reject from like a live action Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles TV show? Yeah. Or <laughs> yeah. 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 That, I'm I'm happy to admit that, that was pretty weak. I'm pretty sure that sewer set has reappeared in like every episode of Buffy like <laughs> season four or something like that. So Yeah. Let's see. Is there anything else that I would actually say that was like better? I think that those are the main things that I would say that the movie did better than the miniseries. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, what about uh, what about you, Mark? I have a hard time like removing myself from like saying like yes, I know the production values are going to be shit on a 1990 miniseries for made for TV compared to like a I don't know it was it wasn't a huge budget for the uh, 2017 movie, but it's still a relatively big budget like Hollywood uh, big budget for TV movie. at that time probably yeah probably but I mean comp- relatively speaking it's going to look like shit compared to yeah. a 2017 movie so like yeah. but as a uh, as a visual guy it is it was a little difficult to be like wow these sets are nice and big and they're shooting wide open in the 2017 version then everything's just like we're in close-up and on some rickety looking fucking sets in the 1990 version when i was watching it again i definitely thought like they did a better job in with the ki- i mean because the movie focused more on the kids than the miniseries did because the miniseries really like leans into like this is a flashback mm-hmm. and you don't spend as much time getting to know them as kids if i, I felt like maybe i tuned out part of it and kind of am misremembering something but mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure i was when i was watching it, it felt like they were leaning on the adult actors to do most of the heavy lifting of the story whereas like because the movie yeah. didn't have those actors in place yet they were like we're gonna lean on these kids pretty hard and the kids did a for me an admirable job of not getting into child actor syndrome where i'm just like just get them the fuck off the screen before i scream please get them off the screen <laughs> 
so like I thought they did a, a much better job of handling the kids in the 2017 like the movie. I'll agree with that. I think I think overall I I didn't hate the kids in the miniseries, but I think yeah, but they're barely there, right? Yeah, I think in the 2017 version that the losers were. I preferred that version of the losers by a narrow margin. Okay. Yeah. See, I don't think I don't, there's not much of a narrow margin there for me. I was definitely like, I prefer this like 2017. Like I just like, they, they felt like characters, whereas the kids were just like, Hey, act like John Ritter, I guess. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't like super strongly directed or anything like that when they were doing the flashbacks and they didn't spend enough time with the kids in the 1990 version to really get like a feel for that difference in personality Mm -hmm. because they were like, well, we were paying John Ritter and uh, Annette O'Toole to show off, so we should probably have them on screen at some point yeah. in the next five minutes kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so there's definitely that. I did, like, as much as people will, I don't, I don't know if we want to get into the clown already, but, like, I, Not as yet. much as Tim Curry, like, is that's an iconic performance that a lot of people will reference and stuff like that. I think it's, like, I'm going to be scared of this. I think the modern version did a better job of it. Like, I found him creepier yeah. than... The Tim Curry kind of like the Tim Curry version felt like a Batman villain from the 60s show to me in a lot of ways. So it was like he was playing Cesar Romero playing the Joker. I don't think anybody on the Batman series like fucking eight children's souls. Well, <laughs> I was just talking about in terms of like how he went about it, not exactly what he did. So <laughs> and you don't know what that Joker did in his off hours. He could have been going to another city and doing some weird he shit. He did have that, like, creepy, that creepy like child molester the mustache. Yeah. He did have the stash, right? So you don't know what he was doing to kids. They just weren't going to talk about it on that show. It was a kid's show, goddamn. <laughs> Super creepy. What about you, Christy? What did you think the movie did better? Uh, pretty much everything. <laughs> yeah. I'm with Christy on this one for the most part. So Here's the thing. I can recognize, and we talked about this a couple of episodes ago, where it's really hard to go back and look at something that you loved from your youth and watch now. And still have the same appreciation that you did as a youth. Especially when you didn't actually watch it in your youth. Well, I'm getting to it. <laughs> At the time, you know, you could love it for the effects and the, the camp and everything. Because that was also the fashion of horror at the time. So, I did not experience that. So, for me, everything about the miniseries was campy. Excuse me, but not in the campy way that I enjoy, like, you know, like um, Evil Dead. It was taking itself real seriously. And um, the problem with it as a book, I just, I think, I think that they, they, what they were trying to achieve, they were trying to achieve too much when they did the miniseries. They were overachieving. Overreaching? They're definitely not over. They were not overachieving on anything. <laughs> overreaching. They were overreaching. <laughs> I don't think the script was that well written. I think the effects at the time must have been pretty cool. But also, I even though I recognize that Tim Curry, I liked him in part one as Pennywise. I think that I'm excited to see Skarsgård's performance in uh, part two because I know that's where it gets like real fucked up and weird. But I just, I thought that what I thought was done well in the miniseries was that they, the flashbacks I thought worked well in the miniseries. I thought that that was interesting. I think it's interesting that they tried to, uh, you know, hit on everybody's fear in a really unique way, which they didn't do very much of in the 2017. Like, everybody was still, 
like witnessing their fear, but you had more things on like the leper. Yeah. With the one kid with uh, not Stan. Um, uh, Eddie. 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 Thank you. Yeah. And um, you, you know, that was really cool, but you didn't even see, they simplified things like with that stranger thing, Finn kid. Um, what was his name in the, that's Richie. Richie. Thank you. Yeah. I'm still remembering the name. Beep, beep, Richie. Beep, beep. Oh, I hated that. <laughs> series i hated it but anyway we're not there yet um but uh i do i do think that overall i thought 2017 with the budget and the effects and the actors they had at their disposal they were able to take it the more serious route that i think the miniseries really wanted to take but just didn't didn't do as effectively because in the 2017 version you felt like it was, I, I felt like it was all around. It was well acted. The kids were really strong. They actually let the kids have the bigger, like big picture stuff. I thought that was cool. Yeah. So that's kind of where I am on what I, what I liked. I, I just can't say much that I liked about the, about this miniseries. Well, then can I say the things I liked about the miniseries? Yes. All right. I honestly prefer the overall tone of the miniseries to the movie. I feel like it captured more of that like Stephen Kingness than the movie did. The movie is very much like like I could point to any of a dozen movies that horror movies that have come out in the past five years that are very similar in tone to this movie, like stuff like Insidious or The Conjuring or whatever, like a bunch of really sort of the mainstream horror stuff that is very similar in tone to this. I'm wondering if that's like that coming full circle, though, at this point, because it is like like when we were talking about Stranger Things, right? Like that owes a lot to this in this particular Stephen King novel. Like, I think they wanted to do an adaptation of it, and that's how they ended up kind of landing into Stranger Things. Like Mm -hmm. that was kind of part of the plan. So I'm wondering if like that's becoming like a zeitgeist thing now where they're like going back to those 80s style, like more thoughtful kind of horror movies is kind of in vogue right now. And that obviously Stephen King was the center of that in the 80s because he was writing all these books then. So, yeah, I'm not as much talking about like sort of the the Monster Squad, Stranger Things kind of vibe uh, as I am just the way that they're treating the horror of it in general. Mm -hmm. Um, like I prefer horror, uh, at least in this instance, I prefer this story told as more of just like an unsettling, creepy kind of story rather than just like a flat out attempting to be just terrifying and scare the shit out of you kind of thing. Oh, see, I didn't get that impression with the 2017 version. Mm, I did. I didn't didn't get that. Okay. But are are we going to, I think we're probably going to have the, the Pennywise, uh, debate later. Mm Mm-hmm. I, I'll just say for now, I I prefer Tim Curry as Pennywise, and then we can go into that debate later on. We'll go into that later. <laughs> and uh, as Christy sort of mentioned, I think that the way that the, the story was told, the way the narrative was uh, framed using the modern uh, scenes and then flashing back to their earlier experience with Pennywise, I think that's more effective overall. It's Again, it's hard to compare because we haven't seen the adult scenes in this version yet, uh, so it is sort of apples to oranges in that respect. But I think that it is told more uh, strongly when you see the effect that the, these events hap- had on these characters um, as adults as you're sort of flashing back. So you can see that obviously this has just fucked a lot of them up for life kind of thing. And they're still 
dealing with some of the, even though they hardly remember it for whatever metaphysical reason or whatever, it still had a massive impact on the way that they've lived their lives from then on kind of thing. Like, uh, uh, which was it? Richie that is, uh, yeah. Richie that, um, fucking like is, gets like physically ill when he thinks about it kind of thing. And, uh, isn't that Eddie? Uh, no, it's Harry, Harry Anderson, the guy from night court. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. is the one that uh, who who was played as Seth Green uh, as a as the young Richie Tozer, uh, yeah. who like every time he thinks about it, just like fucking vomits straight up. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that I generally prefer is the the way that they handled Mike in particular as a character. Uh, in the miniseries, he was a central character. He was the one that pearl- pulled everyone together. Uh, to bring them back to Derry to deal with it as a as adults, um, he was the one that sort of learned about Pennywise through like his research and sort of started to put everything together. Um, and I thought that it was a massive disservice in the 2017 version that they took like their only minority character and took almost all of the interesting parts away from him and gave him to the fat kid instead. Yeah, I thought that was weird that they gave the the research like I know about dairy kind of yeah. stuff away like to well um that character so because in the in the book even though they I I don't really know why they gave that away too because the way they set it up in this movie it felt like a natural progression for him to stay and be the librarian but because we didn't see Mike in the library once yeah but at the same time. They introduced very early in the miniseries that he's very intrigued by history mm-hmm. and that Ben is really intrigued by mystery and yeah. um, the history of uh, the town. So I'm not really sure why like King made it so Mike stayed behind. Well, they, yeah. Um, I'm trying to I think that was a, a strange... It was Mike who does stay behind. Like that, the, the miniseries is accurate in that way. Mm-hmm. It was that character that stays behind. Yeah, I'm not arguing that. I'm saying it doesn't make a lot of sense as to why. Yeah. And the race stuff that they played on. And I understand that they maybe couldn't have played on that as heavily in like setting the, you know, kid stuff in the 80s. You can't really have like yeah. fucking, you know, kids calling Mike a nigger or whatever uh, in the in the 80s because that doesn't really work in like yeah, know, in the South, like maybe, but not in like fucking New England kind of thing. But they did have him screaming like "Get out of my town!" There was and- still, yeah, there was still some like clearly overt ra- or sort of veil, thinly veiled racism there, kind of thing. But yeah. it wasn't as like uh, sort of racially charged as the miniseries was. And I thought that that was a really good thing that they played on in the miniseries that unfortunately didn't get played on as much in the movie. Yeah, I also think that's a sign of the times, though. Like he was written to be in the fifties, yeah. which when that would have been a much more overt thing, yeah. whereas in the eighties. I mean, it still would have been there, but it wouldn't have been as overt. I mean, if they said it, when they do this again in 30 years, like doing that in 2017 will not be an issue because yeah. look what we're fucking going through right now kind of thing. But <laughs> so true. I think if you go back to like 80, was it 87 or 88 or something like that? They're saying. Uh, yeah. 88. 89? 88 was when the flashback yeah, to in the, in the yeah. movie. Things were kind of on the, in theory, moral upswing at that point. Maybe not actually, but in theory anyway so you, you probably wouldn't get away with it as much mm-hmm. at that point so yeah i don't know yeah okay well you know what you guys i was gonna ask what you what you didn't like about the uh the movie versus the series but we've kind of we've kind of dabbled in oh, that so I've i feel got like things i know you've got things so why don't we talk about pennywise <laughs> okay. first 
Why don't we why don't we say the which great debate. which penny was Okay, here's the thing. You can say that you preferred um one to the other, but what I'd like to hear is what you actually like do you think that Tim Curry's um performance was uh was better because of the time or was it better because in general it was a better pennywise. So Mark, why don't you start? Why don't I start? Because then I know Tim's gonna go <laughs> go off the deep end for this one too. I I like I don't really have a preference, I don't think, between the two of them. I would be almost curious to see how somebody of Tim Curry's acting ilk or caliber did in the 20, 2017 version because he is a much more charismatic performer than Skarsgård was. So like he's a much more interesting performance to watch in the like 199 in the miniseries. Like that's the main reason to watch that miniseries now is because like that Tim Curry performance is kind of iconic at this point. So I would definitely be like I think in terms of like if I'm just going to be like I'm in it for Pennywise and no other reason like I just want to watch the clown like if I was just going to do like a super cut on YouTube. <laughs> I'm probably going to lean into that Tim Curry version more because he's just like Skarsgård is not a bad actor and I think he did a fucking awesome job with what he had was given to do. But like they leaned into how magnetically and like charming and even off putting Tim Curry can be like all at the same time. Like he's able to do that and has been doing it for his whole career. Right. Mm. Like that he built his career on being both super appealing and like interesting to watch and also somewhat weird and off putting. Cause that's just what he did. And he's been doing it since forever. Like Rocky horror yeah. is like, that's that character in a nutshell. Yeah. Right. Like that's what he does. And there's a reason why he was cast to do, like, we were talking about it last week or the week before. Um, there's a reason why he was cast as the Joker, yeah. right? Like, he would have been an awesome, I think he would have been a fucking fantastic Joker. He was cast as the Joker? In the in the animated you series. Oh. You don't listen to our episodes. You're a liar. Yeah, you don't listen to the show. <laughs> you barely listen when we're doing them, apparently. <laughs> I don't think I was there for that episode. No, you weren't. Yeah, it was, were. it, was, it was like two weeks ago. None of us, it has been the three of us for like the last... <laughs> Six weeks, and we talked about it last week or the week before. Nah, two weeks ago, it was on the con, the con episode. You're right. It was it was the the episode where you were like clicking through things uh, during the news part and kind of checked out, and you didn't really. Guys, I wasn't there mentally. Yeah, you were there. (laughs) Mentally, you definitely weren't there. I don't think I ever talked about a con before. (laughs) There's definitely, there's definitely like, like I would probably go. I don't know. Like the Tim Curry one is so like iconic that I don't think you can kind of get away from it at this point. I don't like, and again, I don't think Skarsgård did a bad job, but he wasn't given as much like time to ham it up, like Nicholson it up, I guess on camera <laughs> either. You know what I mean? Whereas Tim Curry in the miniseries was very much like, well, Jack Nicholson played a clown last year and he did fucking crazy shit. So I'm fucking playing a clown and I'm doing the same crazy shit. So he definitely got to lean into that side of the character a little bit more that I think like the Skarsgård version was definitely like, it's 2017. It needs to be more somber, and you don't get to be as like. We have a different Joker now. Like we have the Heath Ledger Joker, so you have to play it more like that, not like the Nicholson over the top version. Like that was kind of my weird way or of analyzing the Romero so. version. <laughs> or yeah, there is that too. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, I'll say this before Tim goes on his. Uh, it's tirade. not going to be that bad. It's tired because <laughs> the tirade. What I. I will say this. I enjoyed, I, I agree with you, Mark, that um, I think it'd be cool to watch um, a big cut of Tim Curry um, as Pennywise. Because I, I think he his performance was hampered by some of the shit dialogue he was given in the second half. 
in the first, like with his, his expressions are amazing. And he made real cheap shit makeup look really creepy. And he, does, um, he is a creepy looking guy, though. Like, he is a creepy looking guy, but like, like he is kind of fucking terrifying looking. So, but like the bloodshot eyes and yeah. the way he would talk to the kids, like what I got in him was he had, and I, I liked this um, better than the the Pennywise in this version, the 2017 version. I liked that he didn't have the same sense of desperate urgency that Skarsgård was showing because then Skarsgård should have just killed the kids. There was a lot of opportunity to kill those goddamn kids. Um, but what I liked about Tim Curry was everything was a game and a manipulation and some way to instill a deeper fear than what was, you know, just their basic layer. Like you're not, you could be afraid of zombies, but what's really going to fuck you up about a zombie is the fact that it's like either, um, someone you know or it's talking to you and like telling you more about yourself like you're gonna have a deeper um fear of that being or creature whatever it is and i think that i i liked again i'll say it that everything he did was a master manipulation in the form of like sardonic sadistic twisted wit um and i liked that i really liked that about his performance but i what i really liked about Skarsgård was that I loved the aspect that he was he would drool when they would get really scared and like drool would just like fall down his mouth and you could sense the hunger in him a lot more than Tim Curry. Like um and I I know I said that I I the thing is I liked his urgency but I didn't think that it played as well because again they did set up so many opportunities where those fucking kids could like when he sliced open Ben's stomach and they barely talked about it. But anyway, that's a different thing. But um, I thought that Skarsgård was creepier in the um, more like stereotypical horror genre kind of thing. His makeup and costume were way creepier. Um, and I thought that he... Uh, his performance in general was so fueled by hunger that it wasn't as, like, almost entertaining. Does that make sense? Yeah. I yeah? see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where I sat. I, I think in, if you took Tim Curry's Pennywise and put him in the 2017 version, it would not work. If yeah, because the tone, it was very different in tone. Very different. Yeah. If you took Skarsgård and put him in the 50s version, it would have seemed real fucked up. It's like super fucked up. Yeah. So that's yeah, that's kind of... It would have been a little intense in terms of like contrast, like based on... Yeah, which what is what I'm been saying. Because like, there's definitely like aspects of that like 1990 movie that, that lean very heavily on like the 80s slasher stuff. Like, yep. they play up the Freddy Krueger-y aspects of the character. And not that mm-hmm. Freddy Krueger is in a lot of but he's pretty indebted to it, probably in a lot of ways. Maybe not actually. Mm-hmm. They might. I'm not sure when. Uh, that genre in general. Yeah, I said I don't remember when it was written. Like when it was it versus Nightmare on Elm Street. So I might be talking out of my ass now. So. But anyway, Tim, let's let's hear what you got to say. 
All right. I'm going to start with Bill Skarsgård's, uh, so the 2017 version. I did enjoy Skarsgård's version of Pennywise. Um, it was a different take than Curry's. It was more chaotic and primal, but I honestly, I couldn't unfucking understand him a lot of the time since his voice was so like harsh and guttural. So I just had a generally like hard time just understanding what he was saying. In which I guess was just a stylistic choice, but it definitely detracted from that performance for me a little bit. Um, and as you guys have both sort of alluded to, it definitely, his performance depended a lot heavier on effects than the Tim Curry version. That being said, overall, I am going to fall not a like, landslide victory, but I'm going to say that I do prefer Tim Curry overall. I thought that his performance was a lot more like sinister, charming, creepy. Uh, it had more like presence to it. And, and I could actually understand everything that he was saying because he's like, you know, classically trained actor kind of thing. So uh, it was a lot easier for me to believe that say like Georgie would not just fucking run away in terror from the Tim Curry Pennywise like if I'd seen the fucking Bill Skarsgård Pennywise in the sewer at like eight years old or seven years old or whatever the fuck Georgie was. And he started saying like, hi, Georgie, how are you today? I would be fucking, I would shit my pants and run and the shit would be running down my leg and I would be leaving a fucking trail of shit behind me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Unless I was wearing tights, in which case I would be like Christy and I would have a big load of shit in my tights. Wasn't a big <laughs> Anyway. But like if you shit yourself, is it any load? A big load though? It's like, bigger than you want it to be. It's a big deal. <laughs> like, but uh, but but that's not but here. with the Tim Curry Pennywise, I could actually believe that like Georgie would be like engaged with him and like he's he's you know, he is a little creepy, but he's also kind of charming and like the makeup itself is not like menacing and fucking terrifying on its own whereas with the bill skarsgård version it definitely leaned more in that direction um so like i i can believe that georgie would have been like more taken in by the tim curry pennywise than by the bill skarsgård pennywise so that's basically where i fall on that is i i can appreciate the skarsgård performance but ultimately that tim curry version is just super iconic for me and that is always probably going to be the sort of definitive Pennywise for me. I will say this. I think we touched on it earlier. You got to commend Skarsgård for creating a completely different it. True. I'll give him that. Because you cannot in any, like, everyone assumed or not assumed, everyone uh, has that has seen it and seen Tim Curry, that is going to be Pennywise for them. To make them suspend that disbelief and, like, actually be able to focus on a different Pennywise and believe it and accept it. I think he had to like lean the other way. I'm not saying that I think all of his choices were hundo percent better or, you know, like I said, when I was describing it myself, I I think that his choice to be fueled by hunger was really cool, but it didn't always work. Whereas Tim Curry his performance was, I'd say, as being true to Pennywise and the character itself, was more consistent. Yeah. I'm excited to see what the second half has to yeah. offer us. And I will say, I mean, 
Skarsgård was a fucking consummate performer. Like, have you guys seen the, oh, the videos yeah. of him doing the Pennywise grin without the makeup? No. It is just yeah. as fucking unsettling as him, like, in the full Pennywise makeup. Now. And the other thing is, you know how, like, uh, Skarsgård as Pennywise was doing, like, the eyes pointing in fucking different directions kind of thing? Yeah. That, that's he him. can actually do that. Like, that's, that's yeah. him. That is not effects or anything like that. That is him fucking, like, figuring out that he can make his fucking eyes point in different directions, which is creepy as fuck. Yeah, it's like lizard band yeah. shit. Like, him and uh, ben- Benedict Banner Snatch Cumberbund. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's like- what Alicia said, too, is, like, she... Because I guess there's a whole, like, uh, like similar to the uh, Cumber Bitches, there's a similar sort of uh, following online for Skarsgård in terms of, like, uh, you know, w- women that find him like ridiculously attractive or whatever, and she she very. What much, else has he been in though? Uh, he's in, but he was in This Is Us. Um, what else? Uh, oh, okay, I've never seen that. But yeah, she 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 identified that exact same sort of comparison that uh he has that same sort of like reptilian quality that. Uh, See, I don't find him attractive, but I find. Cumberbatch. That Banner Snatch Cumberbund has. Uh, what else has he been in? He's that's worth fucking mentioning. Um, Atom- he was in Atomic Blonde, which I haven't seen yet. Uh, he's been in the the Divergent movies. Mm, I haven't seen him. Yeah, and I mean he's Swedish, right? So he's been so his career started in a bunch of like Swedish movies and that sort of thing. So anyway. I don't know. I was just curious if I'd actually might, I might have seen him in something else. I like I didn't. I mean, he's under so much makeup, like, I wasn't going to recognize him one way or the other. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. but I was still, like, I don't recognize him from anything. Like, I knew the name just because you hear names and shit. But, like, that one I didn't, I, like, I didn't have anywhere. I didn't have any frame of reference for him yeah. as anything else. It wasn't like walking into the Dark night and being like, holy shit, that's the guy from 10 Things I Hate About You? Interesting. Is it? Heath Ledger? Well, <laughs> oh, I thought you meant Skarsgård. I was and, like, no, he's not. Well, he's, he is the uh, son of Stellan Skarsgård of uh, MCU fame. Uh, yeah, it's the uh, the Avengers uh, and Alex yeah, Skarsgård yeah. is in True Blood. <laughs> is that is that that's, relation? See, that's that's what I. Yeah, it is. I think they're yeah. brothers. They are. Well. Yeah, they're bro- brothers. But yeah, Stellan Skarsgård played. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the professor, Thor's buddy, Thor, uh, the the professor yeah. guy. Yeah, Dark Natalie Portman's Eric mentor. Selvig in uh, yeah in the uh, in the in Thor, Thor and Avengers. Films. He's in the first Avengers yeah. movie yeah. too. But um, this is actually, I think, his first major breakout role. Yeah, that makes um, sense. This is Us got a yeah. lot of press as well. That's a TV show, though, isn't it? Yeah. And this was in yeah. production before that got released. True. True, true. Yeah. Maybe I'm making um, that up. I don't, I'm not seeing that he was actually in This Is Us. I might be making that up. Edit that out, editing Mark. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Edit out me being wrong. I do but it to yeah. myself all the time, so there you go. <laughs> you don't actually have to. I don't mind being wrong once in a while. <laughs> the hallmark of a good scientist. But, um, okay, so tell me, did here's another question. What did you think worked that they changed from the mini-series to the movie? Did you like anything that they did differently in the No, John Ritter. <laughs> Shh, John Ritter. Was great. John Ritter was not my least favorite part. The love between Beverly and Bill was definitely better in the 2017 version. But I don't want the love like, to be between Beverly and Bill. I want the fucking love to be Beverly and Ben. I know, but they this is true to the book. Because at the beginning, they had to... Yeah. The, she had feelings for both of them, but like... 
Ben had to discover who he was without being, you know, moved around all the time and, you know, the poet that he is. My heart burns there, too. January (laughs) Emily. It's so corny, but so cute. It's so cute. Hemlock Grove. Yeah. Yeah, Skarsgård was also in Hemlock Grove. Skarsgård was in Hemlock Grove. Okay. That's right. I've seen him before, so there's that. That's right. Was that series? Oh, was that series Kajansky. any good? No, it was fucking horrible. But <laughs> I'll watch. I'll watch Famke Jansen in pretty much anything. So <laughs> Hemlock Grove was was that the Monsters? No. Uh, where? Well, we? Okay. Okay. It was pretty shitty. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but tell me, what did you? What did you guys? What did you guys think that was changed, and what didn't? I've already touched on it a little bit. I I thought that generally that the uh, the whole coming of age stuff was uh in the in the I think I agree with you that the stuff with Beverly I think was handled better in the 2017 movie. And I feel like it was probably just like they couldn't really deal with that in that same way and yeah, on TV in the, in the you know early 90s kind of thing. They couldn't have gotten away with it. So, but it was nice to see that sort of dealt with a little bit more maturely and and fully and and I like that actress too. Like that, she was she was like, really good. I think she was my favorite out of the really kids. Good. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like, uh, so Sophia Lillis. I don't know what else if she's yeah. been in anything else. This is the first oh, first like, thing I can. She's rec- like twelve, yeah, so probably not, the first thing I recognize. But I really, yeah, I really enjoyed her performance. No, she was phenomenal. Yeah, I thought she was the best actress um, or actor among the kids. I mean, I would go as yeah, far as to say I think that her performance out of uh, was the best in the 2017 version. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, out of out of anybody in the 2017 version, total. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I completely agree yeah. with that. Yeah, there wasn't really. Well, I mean, they didn't really give. She had. She did most all the heavy yeah. lifting. I mean, she was. All, she also had most of the heavy living. Like it was her yeah. character was written with the most sort of depth kind of thing. So yeah. in that screen version of the screenplay. So. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think there was. Uh, Holy she shit! Stand out. That girl was born in 2002. Fifteen. Oh, weird. Fifteen years old. Fair yeah, no, I thought, oh, I really liked, um, one thing I thought I, they did well in the movie versus the miniseries, and maybe this is just because I was watching so closely, because Jake was one of the bullies, but I liked that they humanized the bullies that weren't, like, besides the two real bad ones, they humanized Jake's character, Belch, and the other little blonde kid. They had a little bit more, by, like, uh, apprehension kind of thing. Yeah, like when they were going to cut Henry was going to cut his name mm-hmm. into Ben. And I remember Jake's character very like audibly being like, don't stop it. Or like, you know, what are you doing? Or, you know, something like that. Jake's character being like, and <laughs> yeah, I do. And then fuck you, bitch. Uh, <laughs> I was like, yeah, Jake. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, uh, no, I, um, I also, I, 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 there was a scene with the cat when they were going to kill the cat, and you could see mm-hmm. that like Jake was just like, yeah, I don't want to be doing. Well, that. It was looking like he was going to he was going to be holding the cat while the kids started shooting in his general direction. <laughs> probably wasn't the most. Yeah, I thought that that little bit, just that little bit of writing, was a good twist because it again it did show some humanity, which I think you need in order to like, you know, not it. It creates a bit more the characters depth. were a little more dimensional. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's what I would say. What are you gonna say, Mark? I just like I think I think moving the like that was the advantage to moving them to the eighties is that they let them the that was probably one of the most distracting production choices in the nineties movie is like the greaser shit from the fifties, <laughs> like their fucking hair. Yeah. 
Like, and it's so superficial, but, like, the hair was just so, like, what the <laughs> fucking fuck is happening right now? So, it, that that definitely kind of helped it. Like, I felt like I could relate to the bullies a little bit more. Like, they were yeah. more human as opposed to being, like, greaser caricatures. Greaser caricatures and, like, total no, um, like, the, you had no sympathy for them. Yeah. There's none. Yeah. I, I'm interested wow. to see how they handle um, Harry in the sequel. Uh, because he does yeah. feature so uh, not really heavily, but he does feature in the in their grown yeah. up uh, because he sort of yeah he stabs yeah Mike. exactly he stabs Mike and yeah. you know he sees the deadlights and he comes back you know with his white hair and ends up uh, in the asylum and stuff like that. So I am I am interested to see if they will actually bring back Harry in the in part two. Well, I'm sure they do because like I think they're like you the, took a nasty back, fucking like, fall thing. there. Oh yeah, he's dead. Yeah, but or not? No, well, yeah. I mean, like he comes back in the book too. So, like, I think I don't think they can get away with getting rid of that character. Like, it is pretty central to the plot. I think. Well, I would. I would be. A, I think it, like his fucking fall down that well was so harsh that I would be yeah. upset if they were to bring that character back because, like, he should be fucking dead by all rights. To be fair, most of the characters should probably be dead, considering some of the shit that they went through. So. <laughs> I think that they'll replace him with Belch. That's, You're just hoping that somebody yeah, that, gets, that's gets more right. acting. No, it, wouldn't <laughs> it wouldn't even be Jake because it would be an adult, yeah. right? It would. No, because they're bringing the kids. They're bringing the kids back to flashback. Yeah, like that's what the the story. But I, I wouldn't be so what far. I mean is that I wouldn't be surprised if they if they put oh, it with one of the other mm. bullies and he featured more than the other one. Yeah, we'll okay. Um, and then have he- Henry be the guy that crawls out from under the bed and convinces him to. You know, go on a killing spree. Yeah. Like, I don't know if that's what'll happen or if they'll change it so that maybe it's Stan and they don't kill Stan right away. They could also be a, um, like a manifestation of Pennywise, too. True. You know what I mean, that comes mm-hmm. back, right? So, as, um, as Henry. As Henry. Or like that would Henry be interesting. Or something like that. Harry? I don't Henry. Know. Yeah. Henry. Sorry. Henry. I like I've been calling him. That would be an interesting take too, so that he's not actually back. Then you could avoid the whole weird mental institution thing. I think they were also trying to get rid of the thing where Henry said that you know he had admitted to all the murders. I think they yeah. can just cut that shit. So yeah. yeah. Do you have any other thoughts about what you thought was a good or a bad change from the miniseries to the book? To the you were movie. saying earlier you didn't like the. The transitions not being there, but I I kind of see the I I get why they did that because on its own, if this hadn't been successful, yeah, they created a whole movie. Yeah, no, I understand why they did it the way they did. Like, uh, I mean, it's the difference between filming a miniseries versus a movie, right? But uh, I think overall, I mean, again, we'll have to wait till chapter two to come out. But I think that that uh, sort of device of having that framing narrative of them as adults is more effective overall. So the um, there's this story going around the net. They were talking to the director about like what his plans were for the sequel. And the, and he got into so far into talking about like doing a director's cut for Blu-ray or for whatever fucking format is here in yeah. three years or whatever um, that he wanted to do a director's cut that was more in tune with like the flashback kind of thing, like recut the That'd movie cool. to go back into like flashbacks. Cause I guess they shot a lot of extra mm-hmm. stuff in the first movie so that they had that extra footage to kind of, if they Splice wanted to recut it for flashbacks. Yeah. Yeah, because like I mean, I mean, I guess at that point you kind of have to because like you have characters that are going to age yeah. very quickly now. Like, mm-hmm. if that girl's fifteen, like 
if they come back to her in three years, like she's going to be unrecognizable. Three right? cup sizes larger. And yeah. Yeah. I just, I just wonder what that is going to look like because they're supposed to forget. Right. So, yeah, but I mean, if they're like you're starting to jog the memory, then you start having flashbacks to those kids. You know what I mean, like that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, but uh, what you're saying is that they're going to look unrecognizable. Yeah, but I mean, that's why they shot the stuff in this movie, right? So like they have, On or if, if they, or if they recut the movie to, for a director's cut, then True. they can just go. They're just cutting back to the, like it, like this, the one that we just saw yeah. this weekend, or which whatever. makes more sense. Yeah, and I'm okay. sure that they cut enough to do like a director's cut. That's like, because apparently this movie, like, it was two and a half hours long already. I'm sure there was probably a three hour and 15 minute like assembly cut True. that mm-hmm. has a ton of shit that they extracted that they can now go back to and use later kind of thing mm-hmm. um, if they wanted to do a bigger cut or if they want to use that footage to flash back to those characters as they were in the sequel that'll be out in like probably 18 months at this point <laughs> so it's yeah. apparently it's been fast tracked and they just want it fucking out tomorrow so so do I to be honest yeah true yeah I'm actually kind of weird I'm still weirded out that they made this movie without like guaranteeing that there would be a sequel like it just yeah. seems weird to me that you wouldn't just like it sits on its own though yeah it does like it it is like christy's right it is complete on its own yeah yeah well i mean until they put the fucking title card up at the end and it says chapter one and it's like well yeah okay i guess we're getting chapter two right like yeah there isn't much argument about it at that point well i feel like at that point like it had gone through all of the previews and yeah, and, uh, and studio stuff and they were like yeah this is good enough that we're gonna green light the sequel for sure mm-hmm. yeah yeah and then it made fucking eight kajillion dollars over the past yeah. two weekends. So I guess it's oh, yeah. pretty much first records. Yeah. yeah. Well, to be fair, September openings not exactly historically like a big deal. You know what I mean? But also it also uh hit some records for rated R releases as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they've been crushing those the last couple of years too, because Deadpool just made Deadpool. a bunch of them like yeah. last year, sure. right? So Yeah. Rated R doesn't mean what it used to. There's so many people who are just like, I mean, I think rated R back in the day probably would have been a bigger deal because like there's all kinds of shit about like demographics and people having kids younger and like not being able to go to the movies. But like look at all of us. We're all well came not Christy, but like we're well into our thirties, Tim, and neither of us have kids. You know what I mean? Like we can still go to these movies whenever the fuck we want. Like <laughs> if I wanted to right now, I could be like, Hey, podcast is done, I'm going to see an eleven o'clock show. I don't yeah. have anybody for stopping me from doing that. You know what I mean? There's no kids sleeping or whatever. So True. That's a whole other nerdier weird demographic conversation we can have another time it's <laughs> a good point yeah but yeah um tim do you have anything to say about that uh question? just not a, not no not in that question i don't think still have a couple things to say though all right well you know what we are getting to uh, almost our two hour mark so why don't if you have any final things to say about them i wish we had more time but we'll come back and talk about it when part two comes out yeah i want to know like I know Mark and I fucking hated the the um, miniseries. Miniseries. So what I I just there were a number of things that like just oh my god they were so bad. Like my favorite bad moment from the miniseries was when um, Stan died and his wife, wife came in. Oh, oh, no! <laughs> like it was it was it was so it was well overacted. Yeah. Oh my god! I could not. <laughs> I could not handle it. And then, like, when John Ritter made out with it, I was just like, get out of here. Like, that is enough. So, My heart there burns was, there, too. Uh, there, was so, there were a number of things I was just like, are you, are you, ser- are you serious? I love then, that moment with, uh, with John Ritter. Like, he comes back and he's got the clown makeup on his face. I thought that was great. 
It was funny, but it was like, oh. And then yeah. when he's like, Bev, I, I can't tell if it's you or if it's the clown. <laughs> I was like, okay, calm down. Or like when Bev comes if, in. If, if, it looked, just, if it looked like a Neto tool, I'd probably go for it either way. So Yeah, he, even if it is a, a soul-eating clown. Yeah, well, there's not much soul left for me like to eat from me, so <laughs> I, fuck it. I also I'll say this. I I I didn't Oh, what was I about to say? I didn't like I did why the fuck did Bev kiss Bill like she did when they first met again as adults? That seemed that a little weird. Yeah, that was strange. It was so weird. There was a lot of stuff that I just didn't get like the point of it. Yeah. Like and then when they crushed Eddie at the end, by the way, I'm really sad Eddie's going to die because I really like the kid actor. Yeah. But but I mean, anyway. it was, I mean, it's nice that he's like sort of the, the cowardly scared one and he is the one that sort of like saves them all at yeah, the end kind of thing. Himself. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, that's pretty much like, I just, I really, I enjoyed the 2017 um, more than I thought I would for sure. Cause I was like really quite uncomfortable um, going in there. But I think that they did uh, a really great job. I think it's one of the better Stephen King adaptations to film. I think this is by uh, far the best Stephen King adaptation to film at this point. So the Stand miniseries was pretty good. Oh, I hate the book. So like, I mm-hmm. yeah, no. I think the but, I think the best movie that he's had to his name at this point, and it's something he completely disowns, is Kubrick's uh, Shining. Shining, mm-hmm. and he fucking hates that at, at like mm-hmm. adaptation. So doesn't say much like he the, it's been pretty he, Stephen King's notoriously poorly adapted to film historically yeah, and this is kind of a nice like, weird well it's weird and fucking long like it's just like it's an impossible task to like mm-hmm. distill some of that to like a two and a half hour movie like that's why we're getting two parts of it and I'm sure like anything else that gets made by him is like that's why the Dark Tower did so poorly because it's like yeah. a sequel to a eight volume part series book. Yeah. yeah that yeah. is like notorious for being like horrifically overwritten so <laughs> i've not well, been able to get through that first book that was supposed to be my mission this summer could not get into it at all. <laughs> well anyway that's those are some of my final thoughts uh mark why don't you give us some of your final thoughts and then i'll hear from tim because tim's the one with the tim's got, tim's got the rant, tim needs to rant. <laughs> yeah, i got i got a rant yeah um i like rewatching the the 1990 version was a de- like a definitely a difficult kind of endeavor at this point i think my memories of it were a little bit rosier than what <laughs> they actually are because like i remember seeing it back then and being like actually afraid of some of it like what was going on um it does not hold up to that kind of standard at all and then like the 2017 version i didn't like i don't know i wasn't sitting there looking at it hypercritically it's a horror movie it wasn't something that i was gonna be like this is gonna stand up against like the best movies that i've seen this summer i was pleasantly surprised i thought it was a great movie i really enjoyed my time with it Mm -hmm. it definitely like I think I said this already, but like it definitely made me want to see Stranger Things. Like I'm really excited <laughs> for the new season of Stranger Things because that was just all I could think the whole time was like just just makes me think about all those 80s Steven Spielberg like coming of age group of kids kind of movies kind of thing like Goonies and all that kind of stuff. Stand by me. Stand by me. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, no, I thought the 2017 like if you guys haven't, I think everybody's seen it at this point, so like, it's not <laughs> like it's going to be a big shock to say like oh it was really good and like even as a casual horror fan. I thought it was pretty well done. Maybe Tim's going to completely counter- contradict that opinion momentarily, but that's fine. But yeah, like I, I, I don't know. I didn't put like a ton of critical thought into it. I just like sat down and 
didn't check my phone. You know what I mean? Like halfway through the movie, like looking <laughs> for the time, which has happened. The only time it's happened so far this year was with Spider-Man and Wonder Woman. Yeah. Didn't look at the clock and was like, man, I got to pee or something like that. <laughs> it's like I was rating the movie and I had a good time with those two and a half hours. The three hours sit through the fucking miniseries. <laughs> I should have taken some of those edibles. Maybe it would have made it a little bit easier. <laughs> like that. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe if I have to rewatch it, if, we, if we're going to go do this all again when the sequel comes out and I end up rewatching it, maybe that's what I'll do is I'll get fucking just shit faced and <laughs> sit through it and whatever. So Or just watch that super cut. I'll do the super cut. Or we'll have to all get together and just get baked and fucking watch it <laughs> as a group. So we can like riff track it or something like that. <laughs> True. True. There you go. All right, Tim, unleash. <laughs> All right. So <sighs> Tim's taking his pants off, guys. It's this is getting yeah, ugly. They're gone. <laughs> they're, they've been gone the whole time. There's a couple things about the 2017 movie that really graded on me. The first one is a little more minor. I felt like there was a shitload more stupid ball in the 2017 movie than there was in the original. Like kids, like them saying like we need to stick together. And then like two minutes later, they're all just fucking like splitting off and being like, what's back here in this room. And then they fucking get like terrified by fucking by Pennywise. Cause of course they do like particularly in the well house where it was like Richie and Eddie and bill, uh, they all get fucking split up so quickly in that goddamn. Oh my God. Yeah. Right after, right after they've at, uh, before they go in saying like, we need to stay together. And then, like, they're like, fuck off. I'm going to go check out what's over here. But the one thing that really fucking graded on me in the 2017 version, and I'm going to preface this by saying it may have been because of the way I saw it. I saw it in an IMAX theater. IMAX theaters always have, you know, like, super loud, like, sound and stuff like that. But the sound design in this fucking movie was so heavy-handed and obtrusive and it and way too loud at certain points and it took me actually i'll agree with that it took me right the fuck out at at least a half dozen points in the movie i was just like that is just fucking obnoxious did you go see it in uh christy did you see it in like an avx or like anything or was it just a regular theater it was just regular theater with those um reclining chairs so i was just Mm. okay (laughs) yeah because i saw it in avx that's i i'll agree with you on that tim like i did that was probably the one thing I did notice about this. I mean, aside from like, I thought the production visually was really well done, but mm-hmm. then I definitely was like sitting there listening to some stuff and I'm like, well, they're really playing the audio cues yeah. hard in this. So yeah. good. I'm glad it wasn't just our, no, 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 no. Cause Alicia felt the same thing, but obviously she was in the yeah, same sitting right next to you. Yeah. So no, I was in my usual, like, and like, I love that. Like that, that EVX is really good that I usually go to the ones up mm-hmm. the street from me that I go see. Like I've seen every movie, that has come out that we've talked about on this podcast, except for maybe like two or three in that exact theater and from yeah. exactly the same seat. And I definitely was sitting there like, Holy fuck, what's going on with the sound in this movie? Like, yeah. and it didn't sound like the, it was the system that was unbalanced. It just sounded like the production it was, the was track. like, yeah. we are like going to hammer all of these fucking like yeah. sound cues down your throat. So, yeah. I, and, and I mean, I have, I've seen a lot of IMAX movies and in the same theater that I saw this in, not necessarily in the same fucking seat, I'm not quite that OCD as well. <laughs> reserve seating, uh, and I sit by myself, so I like to have my little. I, well, we hall. have reserve seating as well. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, the, I mean the. But I've seen plenty of IMAX movies where the sound was pretty loud, but it it 
featured well and it was not super obtrusive. It was generally like in service of the movie. In this case, I thought that overall the sound was a disservice to the movie overall. And also somewhat related to that, uh, there was this, the 2017 movie relied way too heavily on jump scares Mm. and both, both in the visual and the audio sense. And this might just be because I'm overly sensitive to it because I do probably watch more horror movies than you guys do. But it's a major critique that I have with like the majority of mainstream horror today, and which is why uh, I tend to gravitate more towards like indie horror these days because it it sort of tends to rely more on just ambiance and and sort of tone and stuff like that rather than just flat out like oh my god loud noise and something jumping and flashing and you know really quick edits and shit like that because that's those are fucking cheap scares. So yeah, maybe it is just something I'm more sensitive to, but that was. Uh, particularly jarring for me. I didn't get the jump scare. I didn't. Really? I didn't... Yeah, there's a couple big ones. So, yeah. and because of that as well, like the the sort of fear in this movie, and this is a movie where fear, uh, is such a key element, right? Like, if uh, in the book, the reason that Pennywise likes scaring kids that or likes to scare kids is because their fear salts the meat, basically seasons the meat for them and makes it better. So yeah. the way that they portray fear and the way that they express fear to the audience, I feel like is really key. And that's one of the reasons that I think by a, a narrow margin, I kind of do uh, prefer the the 90s miniseries because because of such or the, the heavy reliance on jump scares in the 2017 version, the fear became a lot more about like the overt visuals and less about the overall like tone and suspense of the thing. Yeah. But. Well, I don't know. I, maybe I just, because I don't watch a lot of horror, I didn't get the same kind of vibe because I didn't get that it was jump scary. I got that it was set up to be creepy. Mm. Between the two, I think that the 90s miniseries was creepier for me in terms of the overall tone, but mm. I don't know. I mean, that's obviously very subjective. I do want to end on a on an overall positive note. I think that the two, 2017 movie did a great job of capturing very much similar to stranger things, capturing what it was like to be a kid in the late eighties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it very much grabbed sort of my childhood and put it on the screen kind of thing. And I was very, you know, I'm always going to be happy about that sort of thing. Um, yeah, and I thought it was kind of cool that the modern scenes in the min- mini series, like the mini series aired in 1990 and the sort of modern scenes would have been about that time sort of took place at basically around the time as the like flashback scenes, took place in the uh the 2017 version so that yeah. was that is, interesting. It's a weird little like it's a weird little like um whatever you want to call it like is it uh it's an s word not synergy but something like cool. that you know what i mean <laughs> yeah cyclical kind of thing yeah I don't, I don't know maybe maybe and that's maybe that's why that this finally resonated so well at this time because there have been like this remake has been in development for a good like seven or eight years with a couple different yeah. directors attached to it kind of thing. So maybe that's why this version was so uh, successful is because it uh, was able to capitalize on the people that sort of have that in their sort of zeitgeist, but also on the uh, people that uh, sort of identify very heavily with those with the losers. Right. You know, growing yeah. up in the around the around 90 kind of thing. Well, that, and I, I think, too, that with the rise, again, of this nostalgia idea, mm. 
Um, and everything that worked. I think it's funny that the guys who wanted, who directed Stranger Things were turned down for this. That might have been a little too on the nose. Yeah. <laughs> but I just think it's interesting that they like really wanted to do it. But yeah, I, I, I think that this movie did a really good job of modernizing and like using the resources they had to create the and like create the elements and the the setting and the aesthetic of the eighties, um, and it it came out at a good time with everything that um, was happening with like the popularity of Stranger Things and a few mm. other like productions that have been happening. So overall, I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was I thought it was great. Yeah. What about you, Mark? Um, you've said your piece. Yeah, pretty much. Like I, like I like I said, I enjoyed the movie. I don't. I'm I'm looking forward to the sequel for sure. I'm curious to see how they'll kind of they'll stick the landing on it. Like I think that's kind of the one thing that's up in the air. I'm yeah. curious about like casting. Yeah, the adult that's going to be everybody. Because yeah. like that was almost something I wanted to do on this episode. Was like, who do you think should play what? We're going a little long, obviously, to get into that kind of thing. But I definitely was like trying to figure out who I would pick to kind of like move forward. But I guess I'm sure they'll they'll do a a job of that at some point and like pick one of the two redheaded girls that's in Hollywood that's our age now. So we'll see who that ends up being. I'm assuming it's either Jessica Chastain or Bryce Dallas Howard that ends up in that role. That's pretty much <laughs> Emma Stone. Yeah. yeah. Right, you know whatever. what? You- I don't know. I mean, she would be like fucking 40. Like you need somebody that can convincingly or convincingly play like a 40 year old. Right. Cause Pennywise comes around every 27 years, seven years. Yeah. yeah. So he needs, I don't think Emma Stone can convincingly pull a 40 year old yet. No, no, she, she can barely convincingly it. pull a fucking 30 year old. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, if that's uh, if that's everything, then I think it's about time we wrap up this episode. Cause we are rolling on two hours and seven minutes. Oh, geez. Okay. So, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, this has been our 62nd episode and, um, we've been, you know, so lucky to have some really awesome conversations happening on the Facebook page lately. And that's been really, really cool to see. Um, we love that you guys engage and actually talk with us because we love to talk this stuff, not only with each other, but with all of you and the rest of the world. Um, if you have anything to add about what you thought about the movie or the miniseries or the book, because we didn't even touch on the book very much just because Mark was the only one who read it. Um, <laughs> and like 20 it. years ago. So. Yeah, 20 years ago. Uh, and I just wikied it like a chump. Um, yeah. Then, uh, you know, let us know. Let us know what you thought. Let us know all your, you know, you can live comment like Paul does. Um, and, <laughs> uh, you know, give As us the listen. goods. Yeah. As you listen. But uh, yeah, Paul, now, will in, uh, gonna... Paul will be in Canada in 11 days, Paul's actually. Paul will be in Canada! I'm so excited. <laughs> Very excited, actually. So yeah. Good. yeah, we're going to have to pick a day and like do an episode with him in town. So <laughs> yeah. it'll be fun. I dig it. Um, but well, for we'll, now... We'll, we'll stream Tim in like we usually do. Yeah, yeah well, Tim sucks. Tear. So, um... we'll, put him up, we'll put him up on the big screen in the basement, though, so you can <laughs> feel like he's right there with us. See all my pores? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hope that hope that camera is super nice in HD for us there, buddy. <laughs> All right, so here's how you can contact us to say things and stuff. So um, you can find us on all your podcast listening uh, play, like formats like uh, Shout Engine or Podcast Addict if you're listening on your phone or any Podcast Bay, all that stuff. You can find us on iTunes. We would love it if you could go on iTunes and give us a review. We don't have any reviews yet on iTunes, so we'd really like... We have, um, we have literally one. I oh. just put one up there. Oh. <laughs> Don't make us be cheaters. Don't make us yep. be 
be the you gotta guys. start somewhere guys you gotta start somewhere <laughs> But uh, you can also find us on uh, Facebook at just Facebook backslash Dance Robot Dance Podcast. Um, we are on Twitter at DRD underscore podcast. And we've got our Gmail account, but nobody really uses it. So screw that. Um, so, uh, yeah, those are all the places you can reach us. Please, again, give us drop us a line or a review and we'd be really happy to hear from you. And uh, let's sign off. So, uh, Tim, say goodnight. We all float down here, Georgie. Creepy. Mark, say goodnight. <laughs> goodnight, guys. See, much less creepy. <laughs> we all float down here. We all float down here. We all float down here. I do think that Georgie was way better in the 2017. I thought the relationship between those two brothers was way better. I'm going to say it. <laughs> all right. Good night, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Ha, 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 